welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Uh, we are back to playing Call of Cthulhu this afternoon, evening, night, whenever you're watching this. Uh, we are uh, we are still in Savannah. Uh, we uh, we had a, a couple a couple strange run-ins last time around um, as uh, they got beat up by various creatures, uh, a dog, uh, an old man, uh, and uh, a dude at a sanitarium. So it was a good There's times. There's a good lot times. of biting. <laughs> hey, man. That's just how I roll, Ashley. You know? Like, look, okay, Melissa's face. Melissa, <laughs> blink twice if you face. need help. <laughs> Melissa, uh, I live down the street. Resolution isn't that great on her on her Zoom. She, you, you can't see it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're back to playing Call of Cthulhu. We're continuing to internalize. Uh, really excited about this. Everything's going really well so far. Um, I don't know if we're going to finish up Savannah yet, uh, but we'll see how it goes. We're just going to take our time and kind of play at the speed in which we feel like playing. Um, so, oh, quick announcement before we get started. Uh, we have a giveaway today uh, uh, for the holidays. Uh, so uh, sometime later this stream, uh, our good friends at Norse Foundry have provided us a $50 gift certificate to go ahead and give away uh, for all your dice rolling needs and dice and dice related paraphernalia or something like that. Uh, so, uh, so stay tuned. We'll do the usual thing that we do in the chat. So just keep an eye on it here and there. And if you're watching this later, uh, on YouTube or something, uh, sorry. Uh, but thank you for watching. We'll figure out a way to do it on YouTube at some point too. Uh, all right. Um, you want to do like a quick, just say who you are, just kind of do a quick round round table of who everybody is. And uh, then we'll dive in. So Steven, who are you playing? I am playing pastor Zephaniah Wood, uh, current pastor, ex Texas Ranger. Uh, that's about it. That sounds good. Perfect. Uh, Melissa, who are you playing? I'm playing Marie Wynn. Uh, she is a jazz singer under the name Sissy May. Very, very nice. Uh, Maitre, who are you? Uh, Shima Oberon, who is uh, on a full wrestling scholarship to be a library studies major and just really excited to be here. <laughs> Keep that energy. Keep that energy. We'll see if we'll see if Shiba is still happy to be here. Come like Act Three. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, Ashley. Who are you? I'm playing Dr. Beverly Key, a professor in anthropology. Fantastic. Also at Miskatonic University. Mm -hmm. And finally, Long. Who are you? I'm Pat Press. I cut hair for a living. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> So I had someone ask me, it's like, they're like, is, so as Long's barber character, is that just like code for something else? Is he like, like a secret, like government agent? <laughs> and so I'm like, like, no, he's just a barber. He just, just cuts hair. <laughs> so he's so secret. Like, no, 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 he's just, just cuts hair. He likes cutting hair. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's dive in then. So uh, you all, uh, after landing in Savannah last time, Frank Kearns, your pilot, uh, he dealt with the plane storage and you all hired a car and you took your in, that took you into the city. Uh, you rented rooms at a very fine hotel. I'm going to go with, and I don't know if this is historically accurate, we'll call it the DeSoto. Uh, the ladies, uh, you shared a suite on Dr. Beverly's dime, uh, while Patrick, you got actually fairly lucky and you got a third story room with a balcony and a view after a cancellation at just the right time. Pastor Wood, you're in a cot in the boiler room. Uh, after some simple legwork, uh, you were, you had two addresses that, uh, Janet Winston Rogers had given you that were on letters written to her father. And when you looked into them very quickly, you found out that one of them was to the Henslow family estate that was out in the country, uh, Southwest or Southeast of the city on Moss Island Peninsula. And the other one was relatively nearby in the city, uh, at Joy Grove Sanitarium. 
Uh, so you all decided to uh, to head out. Uh, you uh, so Douglas Henslow specifically was the the name of the the guy who was on these these letters back and forth. Uh, and he seems, based on what you were able to deduce, that he actually spent time in the sanitarium over the last uh, about dozen years or so, and that his his widowed mother, Virginia Henslow, is remaining at the estate. So you you got a driver to take you all the way out to the country. Uh, but when you arrived, you were denied access to the Henslow estate by a groundskeeper by the name of Carruthers uh, and his dogs, uh, one of which bit Shima. Uh, the estate was in relatively poor shape. Uh, it was kind of slowly being surround, uh, swallowed up by, by swamp that was around it. Patrick, you did manage to sneak over the wall at one point and get a look at the main house. There was nothing particularly out of the ordinary. It looked old, uh, but there was nothing particularly out of the ordinary. There weren't any dead bodies on the ground or anything like that. Eventually, you guys did leave. Uh, after Carruthers did tell you that if you just go see Mr. Douglas Henslow and he gives you a note that you can get inside uh, and that's he'd give you entry. Uh, so the next morning, you guys decided to go to Joy Grove. And that's where you met a couple folks, uh, including head nurse Bethany May, uh, who wanted you to sign up, uh, sign a waiver and sign in, say who you're trying to visit. And then the guy who's actually in charge of, of Douglas, Douglas Henslow's care, a man by the name of Dr. Keaton, uh, Dr. Alex Keaton. From Family Ties. Anyone? No Family Ties reference? Never mind. Uh, I got all right. it. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, good. That's not what they sound like in Family Ties, but whatever. Uh, you were. He was kind of surprised to learn that uh, that Henslow was receiving visitors. So he kind of took uh, took interest in your group. Uh, he started giving you kind of a tour of the facility. He was asking about your, uh, about your interest in him and what you were trying to get out of this, all that kind of stuff. Um, he also revealed a few things in the process, uh, that, that Henslow and another patient, Edgar Job, apparently, uh, share this delusion that, uh, he thinks was born from some kind of incident, both of them witnessed or observed, uh, and, ex you know, experienced in Los Angeles about 12 years ago, 1924, uh, that seemed to involve fire, murder, violence, that kind of stuff. Uh, the tour was in, was interrupted. When one of the patients, some random other patient, broke free from a pair of orderlies, charged Patrick and Shima, started beating up and biting Patrick, uh, but Shima did manage to wrestle him off. Orderlies regained control. Dr. Keaton was kind of making apologies. And all while all this happened, Marie, you kind of got a little bit separated through a door because this was all happening in the common room and you just happened to go down a hallway. You watched as another patient through the window of their room made this classic fairly unsettling throat slashing gesture and just smiled at you. Uh, so we're going to pick up right there in the immediate aftermath. Uh, you can see Dr. Keaton is sort of rushing. Over. I'm mortified, Mr. Price. I am so very sorry. I cannot believe that such a such a foul, a foul, horrible thing would befall such a nice man as yourself. Please just accept my dearest apologies. Oh, it looks like he's pea skin. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, well, I can get old Nurse Beth Nurse Bethany, come over here. Could you give Mr. Price a hand? He seems to have suffered an injury. Could you clean this up for him, please? Make sure everything's all on the up and up. And you see, like, Nurse Bethany kind of comes over at this point. Like, I, I can help you, sweetheart. I can help you. And kind of, like, uh, sort of comes up. And she's like, if you want to come over here, come over here. And she sort of pulls you away from the group at this point uh, to the other side of the common room. Sort of sits you down. Uh, you can see she fetches from, like, the little window where a lot of the... Uh, the drugs and stuff are, are given out in these little tiny paper clubs to folks who are lined up on the wall. Uh, she like asks for a few things and they give her a couple little odds and ends, a little little bandage and such. And she just tends you up like, oh, this is, oh, don't worry, this will this will this will look just fine. It'll be just fine in the morning. I, I promise you. Yeah, my my bruise a little bit for a little while, but I'm sure you'll be okay, big strong man like yourself. Who was that man? 
Oh, that man. Oh, that's Mr. Culver. He, uh, he's just a, he's normally a decent man. He just gets a little ornery every now and then. Uh, kind of like a bull and a, you know, when he sees red every now and then, he sees somebody else. Might have been the color of the tie you're wearing. It's just that sweet smile of yours that just kind of set him off. You never quite know. It wasn't for Shima. Who knows what my arm would be? Oh, well, now let's not just go, let's not go exaggerating too much. I'm sure the Orleys would have gotten under control. And again, big, strong man like yourself, I'm sure you would have been just fine. And don't, don't forget, you did sign the waiver. And this is just sort of part of part, you know, part and parcel with sort of the, the working environment, I must say. Uh, there's nothing I can do about regaining my wits and joining the group. Well, well, I, I imagine, I imagine you're going to be just fine, just fine. Just hold this right here and then just keep it there for a little while. And I'm sure the blood will just stop. And if you can get a little, little bandage wrapped around it, make sure it doesn't get infected. Uh, if, 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 if I could ask it, it does seem, I'm so glad that, that Mr. Price seems to be doing okay. Oh, if, if I could just ask about this, uh, gentleman here uh, behind that door uh, who, who who might so you might that you come be? back into the the common room so what had happened if you recall is like there were kind of a scuffle beverly kind of pushed someone it was you marie and you kind of you you kind of got pushed into the next hall down one of these hallways towards where the patient patient rooms are and when you start asking that question dr keaton comes oh oh don't pay him any mind miss uh miss win uh there are a number of uh well well, the number of very ill individuals within this here hospital, and we're doing our very, very best to give them the kind of care and treatment that they need. And every now and then, uh, when they see an excitable new face and such, they uh, you, you never know what they have to do. So I, I don't worry about it too much. That fella right there, oh, that's just Henry. Don't worry. Henry's a, well, I wouldn't go as far as to call him a sweetheart. He's he's certainly not one, but he's he's not a, well... He has a touch of violence in him, which is why we keep him uh, We keep him in his room, especially when we have tours going on such as yours. But for the most part, when he's on his medication, he's uh, very easy to deal with. I see. I see. Have, have you ever have you ever tried music therapy uh, with with any of these individuals here? I, you know, I'm, the music can just calm, calm the soul. Well, Calm the well soul. That, that is very fascinating. I'm I'm very curious indeed. Is uh, are there actually published papers on such therapeutic uh, such therapeutic practices? I know we have certainly played a significant number, of, uh, well, films uh, and, and music as well, but uh, we haven't particularly put any sort of structure on it necessarily. Just uh, something to to pass the time. And get very very. Well, very, very idle within this place. And th that's definitely something we do not want. We do not want these fellas around here to have an idle mind. That's when, well, that's when accidents happen. I, I don't mind is the devil's work, as they say. But but music, it just just has such the, the healing. And, and, I, and I, don't, I don't know so much about research, but just inexperience. You know, when, when people just hear, hear a song that they connect with, it is just so calming. But but anyhow, I'm sorry, I, 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 I digress. Darling, that is just an absolutely love thing to say. I am, uh, well, call, color me intrigued. Absolutely. Abs I will I will dig into it right away. Uh, but we have uh, other things to attend to at this point, I believe. Uh, uh, and uh, Miss Bethany, uh, have, you, have you managed to get Mr. Henslow to the interview room? She's like, uh, yeah. And as she's like kind of holding on still to like Patrick's uh, bandage. Like, it's like, yeah, yes, Mr. Yeah, or no, what's his name? Doctor. Yes, Dr. Keaton. He's, uh, he's all ready. He's waiting. Like, well. If that's the case, we don't really want to leave them idling, like I said, by themselves. So why don't we head on down to the interview room, if that's all right with y'all. 
Mr. Price, are you going to be okay? I, again, I, I, it was a very traumatic experience. If you would like to, to take a rest, I do have a, uh, a wonderful, very comfortable couch within my office if you care to take a rest. And also, there's just the entertainment room in the basement if you just want to get a little rest. Make cafeteria as well if you're thirsty, hungry. A few minutes might do me good. Well, if that's if that's what you like, we are going to go into the interviews. It, would, would you like us to, to wait for you then? I'll grab something and join you in a few. Oh, I understand. I understand completely. Now, the rest of you just come with me. Miss Bethany, why don't you go ahead and leave Mr. Price uh, down to the uh, down to the cafeteria, get him a little something to eat, get a little get a little sugar back into him, get a little energy back into him. He, I'm sure he'll do just fine. All right now. And so he starts waving everybody in and he and like right, like down this hallway and he like stops Shima really quickly. Like, that was very quick thinking. If you ever have any interest in becoming an orderly out here, you spend a little time down in Joy Grove. You are far quicker, far more spry, and certainly as strong as some of the orderlies I have hired to do good work. And he's kind of speaking kind of loudly so the rest of them can hear. Oh yeah, no, I uh, you know I'm really lucky. Like I'm I'm on a wrestling scholarship at Mystonic, and honestly, you know I'm kind of carrying the team. We're not very good, but it it's okay. They're they're really. A really supportive team. I'm not really looking to change careers right now, but I I really like the scholarship that I'm on. I'm trying to be a library studies major. It's gone pretty well. I I think I think yeah. Well, that aren't you just a ray of sunshine and otherwise cloudy day? I'm so one. So glad to hear such a thing. So glad to hear I, such I a thing. I keep making people in Savannah angry though. There was a dog that bit me yesterday. No, oh, doesn't usually bite, and then. I seem to have made, or we seem to have made your patient upset. Oh, well, I don't go putting old Mr. Culver on you. That is certainly not your fault. He has attacked a, a handful of other folk, not to the point in which he has become any sort of liability, of course, as defined by the legal document, uh, but... <laughs> He has had a few Jim's other incidents. nodding very earnestly. And <laughs> the point, I am just trying to reassure you that it is most certainly not you that it seems to have caused Mr. Cove. Now, I cannot speak for that animal, um, but dogs can be a little fickle every now and then. You never know quite how their owners are treating them. Maybe it's a sign of something. Of the, well, maybe it was just a little hungry one day. Who knows? I'll take some food next time. That's a good idea. You're very smart. Uh, no wonder you're going to be in charge. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And if you're hungry, if you want to go join in the cafeteria, we make wonderful, wonderful sweet tea and uh, the lunch here. Now, I understand what you're thinking, looking around here and the conditions of this place. And this is Zantan, but I can tell you, the cooks here on staff, they make a very delicious meal. So after this whole interview, we're going to take you on down there. We're going to join your friend. And, uh, we'll oh, get that, you all... that would be great. You know, my, my coach is a little funny about the things I eat, but he's not here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, uh, what is the phrase? When in Rome, <laughs> we've got all wonderful treats down here in the South. And uh, this conversation continues down the hall as I think it's everybody but Patrick. Patrick, you've gone and you're like kind of being mm -hmm. tended to by the nurse who's sort of leading you around, kind of go back to the opening you know the reception desk you find the stairs kind of go down to the uh down to the the lower level kind of sits sits you up with uh kind of sits down next to you talks to you slides over a thing of tea gets you a little little food here and there it's just sort of chatting you up a bit uh but the rest of you uh you find yourselves um going into an interview room um 
it is um i mean and, and for all for all intents and purposes it's a sort of an off-white cream colored room uh not unlike what you've seen with some of the uh, some of the patient rooms there's not a whole lot of color uh and you can tell that there every now and then when you kind of peek in the corners and such here and there there definitely appear to be some some water stains and some cracks it's not the best kept room. Uh, it is not padded the way some of the rooms are, uh, the, what some of the patient rooms are. And you do see there is a, a table uh, and there is a, a man sitting there. There's an orderly that was kind of standing in the room with him as well. Uh, and as Mr. Uh, excuse me, as Dr. Keaton uh, steps into the room, uh, he kind of exchanges a small brewer with the orderly and you see the orderly kind of step out at that point. Um, now, when you come in, uh, there's it's basically room for sort of three people to sit around this table. Uh, and then there's like just room for people to stand. Dr. Keaton will take one of the seats. So there's two more. Who who would be sitting at the table uh, with Mr. Henslow? I'll pull out a chair for one of the women, but I won't take a seat. Shaman right. doesn't feel like it's appropriate for sitting. Oh, sure. Beverly would sit down because she like pulls out sure. notes, paper. She's ready to take notes. Okay. Uh, May will sit down. Good. Okay, uh, so then the rest of you uh, are kind of standing up here and there, uh, and you know when you when you see the man himself, um, you can definitely see a guy who's certainly getting older. Um, I would say he's not quite of like you know retired, probably like in his fifties, late fifties or so. You can see he's a little out of shape, uh, balding here and there. Uh, he's uh, his posture is a little. Uh, kind of uneven at times. Uh, you can tell that even though he is balding, the hair that he does have is sort of toughing out messily here and there. And his sideburns uh, can certainly use a, a trim as well. And he's, but other than that, he's he's very clean shaven, like the cheeks, the chin, etc. He seems to kind of keep it. And, and you can tell that he's he's almost putting effort into kind of keeping himself like sitting up in a, in a proper right. And as you as you swing around, and a few of you sit down, he's like, he kind of nods at you all. Uh, and, uh, he kind of looks up at Dr. Keaton confused at this point. Dr. Keaton, now, now, uh, now Douglas, uh, I'd like to introduce you to a handful of folks here who, uh, well, they've, uh, and did you tell him about the Walter Winston, Winston letters? I'm trying to remember. Did you all actually let him know that like, that's what led you here? I'm I don't fairly know. certain we did because wasn't he like okay. super keen on us being a part of the Winston estate? Yeah. So. We told him explicitly right. that we were here as like a communication between a friend of his, right? Who we're yes. associates for, and we name dropped Janet Winston Rogers. Okay, and he okay. mistook that to mean as like a mm -hmm. monetary thing with the estate. Oh, sure. I think, I think, considering how you would imagine, uh, a lot of the letters here are monitored, it's not like they come freely, so he mm -hmm. probably would have picked up on the name to begin with. All right, so if that's the case. Uh, he says, now, uh, now, Douglas, uh, I hope you're having a fine day. Uh, we've got some visitors for you who want to speak with you. Um, now, they have, uh, I believe, uh, they, have, they have some sort of a, a association with an, with an acquaintance of yours, Mr. Mr. Walter Winston. I believe might have been in, read some of that correspondence. He kind of looks at you all, then he looks at Douglas. You can tell Keaton knows about the letters, but he's letting either you or Douglas kind of like take the lead on admitting to it and everything. Kind of looking back and forth. And Beverly if, would nod and agree. 
Excellent. Excellent. And so, so Douglas at that point, like looks up, you, uh, you, Walter, Walter sent you. Well, Walter has passed. Well, so we're uh, here in his stead. Uh, 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 Southern yeah. accents are contagious. I know. Uh, he, uh, I, I read about that. Um, if you all are in association with his daughter, with little Janet, um, yes, we if are. you all could extend my, my sympathies to, to her. I didn't think it, my last letter that I wrote, I did, I didn't realize that he had passed. Uh, so I, I feel somewhat sheepish, you might say, in contacting her again, but it, when you, when you next speak with her, uh, just extend my sympathies, uh, her father was a was a great man. He was a man I admired uh, significantly. And you hear Doctor Keaton like kind of interject that, but like, yes, indeed. When you speak to Miss uh, Miss Winston Rogers, there you tell all about how you were able to kind of speak and just the wonders of the Joy Grows Antenna and what wonderful work we're doing with Douglas uh, Douglas uh, Douglas Hensley down here. Kind of injecting here and there is like salesmanship. There's like the salesman attitudes kind of coming in. Oh yes, of course. Oh yes, absolutely. And Marie will play right into that. And he, he, so like Douglas hands are like, uh, so, uh, <clears throat> did you all, uh, did you all read my letters? Uh, yes, uh, I did. Uh, and I was hoping to get your written permission to enter your home. Uh, well, uh, I suppose that's, uh, something we can, we can talk about, I, I think. Um, might I inquire as to your intentions? We we just really want want to get to to get a, a sense of just all of the all of the things that you and Mister Winston went through. It 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 sounds like there's just such a just such a story there. Um, so you, and you can see like he gets he gets kind of like like his face almost brightens a touch as he, as you as, yeah. he, as you you say that. Like, uh, and I believe full introductions are in order. My name is Doctor Beverly. Key. I'm a doctor of anthropology. Doctor. These are my associates. And then she'll point to Marie. Uh, yes. Uh, Marie Wynn. Very nice to make your acquaintance. Pleasure. Ple pleasure. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, this is my it. assistant. Points to Shima. Ma'am. Ma'am. Very respectful. And then uh, this is Mr. Pastor Wood. You can see Pastor he, Wood he, is just fine. He reaches out a Much hand. Much obliged. To, to shake your hand, he's like, pleasure to meet you, Pastor. I'll shake his hand, yeah. And he shakes his hand. One thing you notice is you shake his hand, like his cuticles are like, like he's definitely a guy who like bites on his fingers and you can see those little tiny little cuts and things where he just rips them apart. It just, his fingertips look pretty, pretty terrible. Well, uh, well, I suppose uh, if y'all are looking to get into investigate. Uh, and get to the bottom of things. I, I suppose I can, I can help you out. I can. Kind of looks over sidelong at Doctor Keaton, who at this point has kind of slid his chair a little bit further away from the table, and he's like pulled out like some documents and is almost kind of half paying attention. You kind of get the sense like he's mm -hmm. heard all this before, and it just doesn't really interest him as much. But he, he's also taking occasional notes every now and then. Like, I've, uh, well, I've been telling uh, Doctor Keaton here and Doctor Teak and. Some of the other folks around here and about my, my story for a while now, and no one, 
No one believes me. This is what it is. They, not what Dr. Keaton specifically says that something might have happened, but it does not, doesn't quite appreciate my the specificity of it. You understand? And I, um, I, and I, we, we, we certainly do not have the, we certainly do not have the training that the good doctor has, but uh, definitely uh, good stories are uh, definitely worthwhile, especially for folks that have lost family members and are looking to really understand those that are not with us anymore. Kind of nods at this point. Uh, Jeff, I have a question about the setting. Sure. Um, is, is Dr. Keaton the only person from the sanitarium like in the room or are there basically there's like, a there's an orderly are there right orderlies? The is he being treated like someone who gets violent mm. you see there's an there there was an orderly when he walked into a room that was just sort of in there with him until somebody else came and okay. then once dr keaton he left no it doesn't no it doesn't it's, it doesn't dr keaton's chill. not like the yeah he's pretty chill pretty chill like okay like you can tell that there is sort of a tension but then when you okay. guys mentioned that you wanted to to help you mentioned Walter. He like you could see he kind of Certainly. brightened up a little Certainly. bit at that point. The, the, the reaction to the conversation for for sure. But just uh, okay. I thank you for answering the question. It was pretty just like how are they treating him? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. So, uh, so Patrick, would we say that you would have like come back at some point, or would you would you have wanted to stay away? I want to kind of snoop around the facility, maybe sneak into his okay. office a bit. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we can totally do that. Let's um, we're gonna come back to that. Uh, so this, so it's gonna, we'll probably do a little bit of the the conversation, but we'll say, you come down in the cafeteria, you get kind of fixed up. The nurse kind of makes sure you're okay at a certain point, and then she's like, "Well, if you don't mind, Mister Price, uh, you have a free run cafeteria. If there's anything else you need, just go talk to one of the one of the, the cook staff up there." And uh, any any place in the first level or the second level, you're welcome to go up to the common room. There's an entertainment room down, down the hall if you want to watch one. I don't know if they they have anything on going on right there, but um, otherwise, uh, if you're interested in returning to a uh, to the uh, to the interview room, you just let me know and I can I can escort you there. But if if you need to take a breather, I can completely understand. Very traumatic experience. It was very traumatic. Much appreciated. I'm feeling better already. No, that's fantastic. Now, if you don't, if you don't mind, I do need to return to my duties uh, at the front desk, if that's all right. And if you need anything at all, you just come fetch me, okay? I gotcha. And she like, like leaves you at this point. You got a big old thing of tea, maybe like a piece of pie or something, like this big old thing of like pecan pie that she's just sort of they're feeding you. Like, don't sue us, don't sue us, don't sue us. It's basically what's happening. <laughs> okay, so. The good pie they were keeping for themselves. The good pie, yeah. So <laughs> we'll cut back. The liability then. pie. <laughs> liability pie. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So, um, so Douglas Henslow is like, uh, so all of you have read my all my letters and, and all sorts of things, and you imagine, well, uh, uh, if you if you're interested, in, like I. No one really listens to me around here anymore. Might be nice to have some new ears and some of the stories that absolutely we we traveled all the way here. Of course, we want to hear. Yeah, we would love to hear your stories, and then if we have additional questions, if you wouldn't mind answering them. Uh, 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 yes, yeah. And he's like, he's almost confused. He's like stunned to this confusion that someone's actually like 
paying attention to him, like, like caring, you know? Um, the only time he kind of gets a little like edgy is when someone interrupts him, like he's halfway through a sentence and he's like, kind of looks up, but then it fades quickly. He's like, well, uh, I suppose uh, I should tell you about 1924, right? That's, I mean, that's why you're here. And, Correct, Los right. Angeles? Well, yeah, 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 that's true. I mean, I, we were traveling the country for a little while, you know. Uh, <laughs> we were kind of hot on the trail of this, um, well, a cult, you can call it, kind of started all this. Yeah. So we were like questioning people and gathering evidence, taking pictures, that sort of thing. Traveling all over, really. I never traveled so much in my life. We were uh, basically like detectives, uh, armed with the... Uh, well, we got this little secret knowledge, and let's just call for what it is, you know, the occult, supernatural, that sort of thing. Um, and you can you can hear some of you who are a little bit more perceptive. You just hear like a little bit of air come out from Doctor Keaton's mouth as he like lets out a breath, but he's holding in kind of a sigh. He's like, uh, but Douglas doesn't really seem to t- to like take the bait. He's like, it was a it was an exciting time. I'm not really ashamed to say, but. Uh, well, basically, we were following the drugs all the way across the country, you know, until we got to Los Angeles, like you said. And that's where the bulk of the investigation took place, you know. That's where, well, that's where everything terrible happened, is uh, sort of what it is. Um, I imagine y'all are familiar with Jane and Walter Winston's young girl, but y'all familiar with Walter too much? Um... Not not closely. Patrick Price, uh, he's also with us. He's very familiar, but unfortunately, uh, he's resting at this time. Well, I'm so, I understand, I understand. Walter Winston, you see, he was a well, he was a self-made man. Uh, he was a, a businessman. Got starting pharmacists and such. He was a good man. Kind of got people drugs and medicines, treating ailments, tonics, tinctures, that sort of thing. Kept opening up corner drugstores and such around the country made uh made good money and he, he made it himself not like my family they kind of inherited it here and there but he did it all himself and and i mean for all intents and purposes walter was our leader you know he was in charge he was the, he was the one we went to made the decision that sort of thing he's a you know he was the one who got to put it all together gathered us all Kind of the battle that, uh, well, the the perversity in the world that the cult was uh, representing, and 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 thankfully funded us too, because I know my family probably couldn't handle it. But in short, he was a very good man, good man, the best of men. I'm sorry, could could I interrupt real quick? You said gathered us all, so yeah, it was I'm not just the two of you. Trying to tell a story, if that's <laughs> all right. Yes, I, 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 I apologize because just... you hear you hear Dr. Keaton go like. Douglas, Douglas. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I apologize, ma'am. But what was your question? Uh, yes, you, you mentioned all of us, and I was wondering how how many of you were on these oh, travels. Well, th- well, and there was me, and there was Walter, and then there was a uh, there's Catherine Clark. She was a she was a sharp girl. That one. She uh, she was our archivist, camera woman. She, uh, I mean, a couple of us know how to use camera, but the way she used it is like an art form, you know. And she kept all the records and such, and 
I mean, she was just driven, driven girl, you know. She just hated, hated, truly hated that something like a, a cult like this could just sort of operate in secret right in the dark, right there underneath everyone's noses. And that people would just cover up something so, so vile, you know, instead of uh, revealing it for what it was. She always used to talk about how you look at a photograph, it reveals the truth. Whatever that means, I don't think I was ever smart enough to understand it or her really, to be honest. But anyhow, she was the one who uh, she got close enough, uh, basically, to get all them them photographs, you know. And, and she's also the one who got, you know, caught wind of what was happening that night in '24, you know, when when all of it went down, and uh, she she died that night. Yeah. Oh dear, I'm uh, so very sorry. Ma'am. Try Douglas. Now please. Be kind. Yes, doctor. Yes, doctor. And uh I'm just in the gathering there was uh <laughs> there is uh F C F C Coleman. Uh, he was uh he was Walter's expert in the occult. You see, Walter he dabbled a bit and he was learning understanding more and more he can absorb basically anything man he had a mind that was just just like a sponge you know but uh but it was coleman fc he's uh he's the one you know he he knew it he, he, he knew the books right anyhow he uh he was known far and wide apparently back then i don't really understand those circles but back in the day he had a name but walter uh Walter got him, recruited him, had to pay him a fair bit of money, I think, to come out with us to Los Angeles, as I recall, anyway. Uh, FC was a bit of a stick in the mud, too, you know. He, uh, he as bright as can be, but uh, stuck in a wheelchair, too. But uh, but he didn't let that slow him down. He can't do attitude, that kind of fella. Yeah, he, he died, too. Anyhow, uh... So yeah, it was it was it was us. It was me and Walter and Catherine and FC. We were going around like a little detective squad, hunting down this cult and their drugs and their depravity and all sorts of things, making sure all of it gets uh, got taken care of. And then, and then that night in twenty four happened. And night that some people don't. Want to admit actually happened. Some people in this room suggest maybe the things I'm saying aren't exactly accurate, but I digress. So anyhow, Catherine, she uh, well, she got caught. She caught wind. You see, something was going down, and uh, that uh, bunch of them cultists were meeting up out there at that barn, and. Uh, that's never a good thing when all of them get together like that. And then Walter said something about the stars being right, whatever that means. So, uh, so we rushed out there, you know, guns, homemade fire bombs. We can put a stop to it. We can save the world. That's what we can do. And a lot of people died that night. A lot of people. Catherine, FC. There was a fire. Horrific fire. I didn't know fire could burn that hot. There's a shootout. When that 
He takes like a deep breath. And when that thing appeared, started tearing people apart. Man, people were just running and they were screaming. They were just throwing themselves into the fire and they were throwing themselves into the line of fire, you know. And I know I shot some people that night. I, I probably killed Probably killed But uh, that's when that thing, thing kind of started coming for us, you see. And that's when I saw, you know, I saw Walter panic. I ain't never seen him panic before. I mean, I seen him, never seen him indecisive either. He panicked a little bit. And, and all I, all I knew at that point is I was just, I was running. I was bolting through the high grasses, fire behind me, like a coward. Just put a name on it. Like a goddamn coward. You're Dr. Keaton like no. Douglas, what I tell you about taking the Lord's name? I'm sorry, Doc. Anyhow. Well, that's the long and short of it, at least. That's the that's the basic. Man. Man. Well, I'm so Pastor. very sorry to hear that you lost sound like you lost some good people that night. I did. World did. It was tough. Definitely tough. Better people my, than me, really. Oh, well, I mean, it sounds like you, you were all out there and you had work to do and you were doing that work. I I, I missed, I think I might have missed a little bit of the detail. You mentioned that there was something that was just so, so uh, dangerous. I, I, I think I missed what that was exactly. The thing? Yes. Whatever they were summoning or something. Whatever it was. I didn't stay. Okay. I didn't have to see all of it. I just had to see a tiny bit of it. And I was... I heard the screams. And... No, no, no. I don't... You see him like start to like shiver. Sort of shake. And... I don't know. They were to pray, to, to pray them folks. They were that cult, just whatever wicked god they they were worshiping, fornicating in its name. <laughs> they got pictures, man. They did it in groups, drugs, oh, so many drugs, drugs I never even heard of. Used to, they used to hurt each other for sport, you know. They were monsters, and they were. They were monsters, and then that thing, that was a monster. That was a monster. Kind of just like Mr. stares down into the table. Yeah. Mr. Henslow. Yes, ma'am. Um, would you mind telling me about the event that you had with Mr. Job, Job? You see, he kind of gets a little, it's like his hands kind of flex a bit. Yeah. He's one of them. He was, he was part one of, the, of them. The cult? Yeah, he was. And came, uh, came around on the make amends. 
apologize, whatever it might be. I guess whatever it is keeps me up at night. It's keeping him up at night, too. Well, uh, I didn't want to hear none of it. I still don't want to hear none of it. And he just didn't take no. And I said respectfully. Asked him to step out of my way. Came harassing Carruthers at the house and found me in town. Maybe I lost my temper, but uh, I didn't want to hear none of it. Now they say I'm a danger to folk. Danger to myself. Can't be leaving this place now. <laughs> From what I hear, neither can he. So I guess that's all right. Concerning yeah, that could... night in 1924, that night in Los Angeles. Yes, sir. How did uh, Mr. Winston conduct himself upon that night? What do you mean? He, uh, he was you there, said he yeah. ran away. Was he there through the entire incident? No, sir. I can't testify to events that happened after my departure. I've already regretted most of my life the last must have been 12 years already last 12 years I've been regretting running but uh, no things were just it's chaos sir it's just chaos it's evil it's just all manner of it <laughs> cult folk were just screaming out like like ecstasy fear all at the same time yeah Walter he uh, uh we when we got there he's just like the rest of them oh Vinny too forgot about yeah he's a tough son of a bitch Mr. Stack anyhow he uh well I mean we got all we got all loaded the bear and we came running in and you know and then once the thing showed up I mean I'd say all hell broke loose but I don't even know if that thing's of hell how did he comport himself professionally until well until events removed any ability to be professional and then we all just panicked You said you all were researching a cult. What was the name of this cult? Mm, didn't really have a name. Didn't really have a name. Um, not that we ever learned, anyhow. Yeah. Knew, uh, a lot of it was in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we knew a lot of it had to do with a fellow by the name of Echeverria, I think. Yeah, we just call it that. There's people. Not all these. Do you believe there's a chance of this this organization still exists? Oh, I can tell you, it almost certainly still going on since we failed. Um, Point blank, you, we failed. You said. Mr. Job came to apologize to you, so that means that they're aware of your identity. Do you believe that Miss Janet Winston could also possibly be in danger? 
I think we're all in danger. I mean, uh, I mean, what they brought, what they, what they brought up, what their intentions were, what they were spreading, it's been unchecked for 12 years. Ain't been no one else doing it. Ain't been no one else doing what we tried to do. Is she in danger? Maybe. Mm. But all of us are, I think. All of us are. You said you had pictures. Well, I got I got some things. Yeah, I got... Kind of looks at you all. You all... You're taking up the mantle. You can see it through. You can get to the bottom of this. You can make sure that... Well... Whatever was going on, it ain't going on no more. I can hold you to that. But of course. Uh, Marie wrote Charm Test. Okay. Twenty-one under seventy. Wow, hard success. Um. Well, I got a few things here and there. I got, I, uh, I got this notebook hidden away back at my home. It's got, uh, well, it's got a little secret key you could say to understand a little bit more of what's, uh, what's going on, or at least what mm-hmm. was going on back then. And, uh, when he says secret key, Beverly kind of winks at him just to, Kind of looks imply at you that if it's like a cartography, like a, a secret thing, she's got it. Cryptography? Or um, cryptography, yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks at you. It kind of like gives you a weird look. Looks over at Dr. Keaton, who hasn't really been paying attention. Um, well, anyhow, if you want to know where it is, uh, ask, uh, <laughs> and he kind of chuckles, ask Francis Hicker in back of my estate. <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, I do remember putting some some material safe deposit box out in Los Angeles. Oh man, what the hell was that called? What was that bank's called? Winston, Walter, you'd already left town and all the others will you know. What was it called? Venice Beach? First first bank of Ven- no not Van Long Beach. First bank of Long Beach. You uh you head on out there, you you find some stuff. And and is the key for this at your home? Like I said, ma'am, just gonna have to old, ask old Francis. Okay. Um, and then that's when uh, Beverly hands like slides across the table to him. It's basically a pre-written letter stating that he grants permission for us to uh, visit his home and gather these items. Uh, man, that's all fine and good, but there ain't no way Crothers is going to take this unless it's in my handwriting. So he flips it all oh. over. Yeah. And he starts writing out a note, basically, and signs it. Uh, and yeah, like you, you, you get a little note um, that is specifically directed to... Um, to see just says these people are investigating my case and looking after my well-being 
while I remain in the hospital. Please grant them a pleasant welcome and full run of the grounds and mansion while they conduct their investigation. Any cooperation you can offer would be much appreciated. Give my love to Mother. Truly, Doug Sage. I try to lighten the mood a little bit. That man Carruthers, he's a stubborn sort. How'd you manage to find a man so loyal? Well, his father was loyal and his father too. Crothers and the Henslows, well, we've been intertwined for a while now. We do right by them, they do right by us, and that's supposed to be how the world works. Some of us... You certainly seem to have your family's best interests in mind. He looks after Mama. Yes, she does. And and the dogs are loyal as well. And, and Marie will sort of point to Shimus like dog bite on her hand. Uh, this this is our uh, uh, outcome of attempting to uh, make our acquaintance known before meeting with you. <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds about right. I don't even know that the last time I saw them pups was, was about four years ago when I was out last. It must be a hell of a lot bigger now. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Quite, quite. Uh, yeah. And she kind of looks over to Shima. <laughs> yeah. Kind of uncomfortably turn a hider. <laughs> Embarrassment. <laughs> Mr. Henslow, is your mother the hospitable sort? Uh, if we came to visit, would she be willing to speak with us about your case as well? My mother don't know nothing about nothing. She don't know nothing about this. And I would very much like to keep it that way. She's a sweet woman. And well, understood time, that. Time has done a number on her faculties. And I certainly haven't been helping things much. What about Mr. Carruthers? Does he know anything about your case? I haven't shared any of the details about what I saw what I did I'm sure they knew I was they saw me traveling away from home that sort of thing but they didn't know much more detail beyond that I certainly hope not thank you I, I do believe then we'll get our answers from uh, old Francis Hicker right yes sir who is Francis Hicker do you ask that out loud yes <laughs> He's, and he turns to Dr. Keaton and is like, Dr., I think I'm getting kind of tired. He's like, well, all right then. And like, just kind of like blows past the question. He's like, all right then, folks. I think, uh, think you've, we've kept Mr. Henslow long enough. Uh, I think you've gotten everything you need. So when you speak with Miss Winston Rogers, you can tell her that we were more than uh, more than willing to sort of make, make, uh, make arrangements. And he kind of knocks on the door at this point. One of the orderlies comes in. And uh, kind of helps escort Henslow out. Kind of looks back to you all. And he's like, uh, Francis Hager. And then the door gets kind of closed behind. Now, I imagine uh, y'all are probably a little bit hungry and such. I'm kind sorry. Of I, I didn't mean to upset him. Oh, don't oh. worry about it too much there. No, no, no. It's not. It's all fine. It's fine. It's fine. These fellas... These fellas, Shyam, I'm gonna tell you, uh, they uh, they have just a, 
You never quite know what's going to set them off sometimes. Wait till you study it. And then a few things, certain subject matter, of course. I don't think he was too upset, nothing. Just he's a little fickle, a little bit here and there. But I must say, that is the happiest and kindest and the least bitter I've seen Mr. Mr. Henslow in quite some time. It was very kind of y'all to uh, to indulge him in his little storytelling. So, as you all know, I'm sure there was some sort of bit of violence that he suffered through, but uh, <laughs> some of these stories are a bit fanciful, as you might understand. Trauma does uh, sometimes stay in the memory in quite a weird way to protect themselves. Uh, very well said, Doctor. Very well said. Now, uh, um, uh, could I impose upon you a visit with Mr. Joe? Mr. Joe, well, I suppose that's something we could uh, arrange. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll tell you this. I got a few more patients to see. Let me go ahead and uh, we'll get you all now and get you, it seems about lunchtime. It kind of pulls out a little watch. It's like, oh, look at that. Let's get you all something to eat. Get a little refresher. Reunite with your Mr. Mr. Price friend of yours. And I'll go see if we can get uh, Mr. Joe all situated. That sounds good to y'all. Wonderful. Absolutely. And after that interview with uh, Mr. Job, I, I suppose we could discuss a little bit uh, with Mr. Price. He He's quite close with Miss Winston Rogers, and uh, he has a bit of sway over her uh, charitable choices. I, I think we could uh, talk with you a bit. Well, that is, <laughs> that is wonderful to hear, sir. Thank you, Pastor. And you can tell, like, he kind of looks at you like, like you guys are speaking the same language right now. And, uh, yeah, and so you guys effectively get sort of escape out of the room through the common area, kind of back out front, and then eventually kind of you'll, you'll, you'll weave your way down uh, into that cafeteria. However, uh, we'll figure out where Patrick Price is because he might not actually be there. Let's touch in with the uh, So Long, you, last, last we saw Patrick, he was in the cafeteria. He had some sweet tea, had a piece of pie, had a little bandage around his arm, and he was left to his own devices. So what does Patrick Price do? I'm going to enjoy this nice slice, wave to the staff, give him a nice kindly goodbye. Sure. And head up into the faculty. Okay. How to make a, my way towards the office. Okay. So you recall when you first entered in, uh, and like right when you come in the, the sanitarium itself, right when you come in Joy Grove, there's that kind of big old reception desk. It's where you met Bethany, uh, Bethany May. And you saw there are a handful of hallways uh, that kind of go this way or that, a couple offices and such. She had to kind of walk a little bit of the ways down one of them. Uh, still was sort of an earshot, uh, slightly if you talk loud enough, but just out of eye line of the reception desk. So you kind of have a vague idea of where Dr. Keaton's office is or where Dr. Keaton was. Uh, so when you go back up the stairs... Uh, you can tell that all around you, uh, the the hustle and bustle of the of Dry Grove, it's, it's middle of the day, plenty of people here. You're not the only ones visiting folk. There are some people who are actually here visiting loved ones and such. Uh, you can see that there's doctors, nurses, orderlies moving about. Uh, plenty of uh, uh, plenty of folk that are out of their rooms, uh, kind of going through various treatments or. Uh, they are in like the cafeteria as they kind of come in in waves or they're going to the entertainment room or the common room. So like there's definitely a, a decent amount of, of activity uh, in the area here and there. So, so Patrick, your goal is to get into the office. So walk me through what's your strategy? How do you go about doing it? I'm just going to walk like I belong and try to avoid any nurses or orderly. If they're on the move, try to time my movements with theirs. 
Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. Go ahead. So you're specifically trying to get into the office. Go ahead and I'll say, give me a stealth test. We'll start there. Um, and the, you know, stealth is really just sort of, I'm using it to blend in as much as it is. Or if you prefer disguise, by the way, that could work too. Like disguises, I think, I think of disguise more of like you're physically changing your appearance, but this could also be just you grabbing a coat or something like that. So if you prefer that, that's okay too. My disguise is horrible. So I went with stealth. <laughs> regular success 34 okay so nice y- you do manage to sort of put yourself like kind of blend in a bit here and there again like you saw other folks there's other folk in plain clothes there's plenty of folks who's got like white coats on you can see nurses outfits orderly outfits things like that but there's plenty of regular looking folk and you're moving about in a manner that suggests you're supposed to be here and you don't think you're in an area where it's sort of restricted you do know that there is a third floor uh, of the sanitarium, but that is restricted. That tends to be sort of like isolation in, in various like treatment rooms and things like that, where it's just not part of the tour. And first floor, second floor kind of had some places you can go. First floor had a lot of business and offices and things like that, but there's some places you can go and then down to the cafeteria. So you manage to get up from the stairs and you kind of just slink past as like you see this group of people uh, are like at the reception desk talking to, to Bethany May, there's Bethany kind of keeping her a little bit busy. And you take that opportunity to just very carefully, very smoothly slink on past. And that one point where her eye line might've been linked into yours, you time it so perfectly that her head turns around and she grabs one of them forms that she had you all sign. And you take that moment to do that last bit of, bit of, bit of quick walking, fast walking to get to the other hallway. And you've made it across the reception desk. Now the office itself, you can tell that the, like, there's like a, uh, there's like one of those like kind of frosted, uh, frosted windows. And you can see like this little etching, uh, into the, uh, uh, into the, in, in the, in the glass itself, it says, you know, Dr. Keaton, et cetera. It also says, you know, uh, like across and cat in like kind of catty corners and office for Dr. Teak as well. And so you can see some other names popping up here and there. Uh, go ahead. Give me. A locksmithing test? I assume locksmithing because you don't want to probably break the glass or anything like that. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. As it is, when you reach and turn your hand on the knob, you realize it is, in fact, locked. (laughs) All right. That is terrible. You tried locksmithing with a 21 in locksmithing. (laughs) Do you? Want to spend um, luck? I to... don't have enough luck to reduce. Fair. Spent it all in a hotel room. <laughs> he did. He really did. I love that so much. All right. So, Call of Cthulhu, you can push your roll. So, uh, we don't do it too often, uh, but you can absolutely push. Um, so basically what you're doing is you explain how you're kind of altering your approach or you're doing something just a little bit different, or even if it's just like extra effort, or if you just learn something, or if you're getting a different tool out, whatever it might be. There's a little bit of time that's passing, so it's not like you're re-rolling it. You're just trying it again is basically what's happening. Uh, it could be a couple seconds later. It could be a couple hours. In this case, it'll be more like seconds or minutes maybe. Um, now, the danger here is that if you push, something potentially bad can happen, right? So right now you failed. You weren't able to pick the lock, but nothing more terrible than that is is, is transpiring. Uh, but you certainly could push. Um, it's up to you. On the push roll, am I able to spend luck as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to push that and see what happens. Double check that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to double check that just to be sure. I'm going to spend one. It doesn't say, I don't have it in my notes that you can't. It just says you can't push a luck roll. I don't see anything else about luck when it comes to it. So if I'm wrong, whatever, we'll figure it out later. But for now, this is what we're doing. Yeah, because I think the system is basically just saying that like something is going to go awry because you pushed it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Don't forget oh 31 success. Okay. 15. Nice. Very nice. So you start tinkering with the lock. And uh, I don't even know if you have locksmith tools. Maybe I just pull out have my little like, barbershop knife. Very nice. I like it. Ooh. Okay. So you got like these, like almost like a, like a little, like a shaver, like a blade, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you start kind of fiddling around with it and fiddling around with it. And you realize like, this isn't working. You need something smaller. You need something, something finer. And so you hear the sounds of like voices coming past and you do the kind of classic whirl around and just kind of lean up against the corner and like just sort of thinking off in the distance. No one really pays you any mind. Maybe even someone just gives you like, sir, afternoon as they pass on by. You hear the group that Bethany May was dealing with. Nurse Bethany uh, are getting taken care of. And it sounds like she's talking to a couple of the other nurses and such here and there. And they kind of get into a conversation. You take that opportunity to slink, slink on back, kind of go through things here and there. Maybe find like a paperclip or something. And you get in there, mess around a bit. And suddenly you just hear out, pop. You open the door and you slide on in. And you have access to Dr. Keaton's office. Now, the office itself, it's... Uh, very professional looking. Uh, you can tell large, large desk seating area. Uh, so it's not in like big leather desk bookshelves and such behind him. It has this sort of very grand, a sort of a, it has the feeling of an authority. Uh, there's a little reading area off in the corner where there's like a, a, like a big old lamp that's next to it. But right now you don't really need it as there's so much beautiful light coming in from outdoors. It's just sort of covered. There's basically nowhere to hide right now, uh, as it's very bright in here. Um, but you can see that there's, there's plenty of shelves, plenty of drawers, his desk, all these types of things in here. So what would you like to do, Patrick? Yeah, I'd like to rifle through files, books, papers, maybe find a journal, some sort of entries on Douglas if possible. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll tell you what. Give me, depending on what you roll, you might get one thing or another. So some things that you could potentially do, and you and you can kind of figure this out. You can roll something like an accounting role. You can do something like a psychology role. You could do something like a medicine or pharmacy role. Uh, you could also do like just a pure straight up intelligence role as well uh, as you're kind of going through these things. Psychology is pretty good for me. I'll go with that. Okay, give it a rip, man. A five. That's <gasps> this guy. Well done. <laughs> All right. You said you're specifically looking for stuff on Douglas. Is that what you're, that what I heard? Yeah, okay. specifically. All right. So you start kind of going through, you got patient files, you got these drawers, you got flip, 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 flip through and, and you do in fact pull out a, you know, basically a, a, a patient's file, uh, for, for Douglas Henslow. So it's a D D Henslow, right? You start reading through it and reading through it and reading through it. And, you, uh, extreme success. I'm going to give you a couple different things. So first of all, you notice that there's essentially a treatment list of all the different treatments that Douglas Henslow has uh, been, been given. Some of it's like pharmaceutical and such here and there, and some of it's more therapeutic in a particular way. One of the labels, one of the things that pops up quite a bit is a phrase called confrontational therapy. And you specifically see like things that um, it basically is allowing interactions uh, only when medicated, 
you can see that there's a note uh, more than sort of vague like recollections of, of like of anger and such like that. And so like there's notes in these margins, like any reminder of the farm or August 13th causes violent outbursts from DH directed towards EJ. You also notice that there was a, another entry um, from 1930, let me do my math, 1934 about an unmedicated confrontational therapy. Most of the confrontational therapy has been medicated, but there was one note about a 1934 session where EJ rushed to DH screaming, you tried to kill me, but I'm still here over and over and over. Now, uh, so that's, that's sort of what you see in terms of treatment. Um, you do get all sorts of information about the medication he's taken. I don't think psychology is going to necessarily give you that the knowledge of it, but I'll say you at least have it in the back of your mind. If you want to rip a medicine or a pharmacy to see if you know it off the top of your head, that's fine. Or we can do it later if you want to look them up later. Do you want to give it a go? I'm trying to see what my stats are on those. Oh, it's a one. Not terrible. <laughs> I'll, I mean, it's free. I can give it a try. Mar, it's, it's a medicine or a pharmacy, I would take. So either one. What is pharmacy under? Uh, I think pharmacy is a science. Okay. I don't have that. Okay. So then, yeah, roll, you can roll medicine and then maybe yeah, you get really good. And, one. Yeah. You never know. You can roll really well. Maybe spend some luck. 74 is nowhere close. <laughs> okay. What are these? <laughs> you make a mental note of what the names of the various medications are, but you probably don't necessarily know them top, up top of your head. You don't know that they were using them at, at a certain point. They were only using them in association with that confrontation therapy. Other things you've noticed um, is you get the sense, like you see these notes in some of the patient files that Dr. Keaton seems to be taking. You get the sense um, he might be writing a book like like about these shared delusions uh, and the psychosis that that Douglas Henslow and Ed, Edgar Job seem to have. Um, and like there's like a section where like you see him almost writing to himself, like where he's just like DH and EJ chapter and book. Could this be? my glimpse of madness chapter. Like he's like kind of writing this down here and there. And, um, I would say the other thing you notice is, um, and you're specifically looking just for Douglas Henslow. Okay. That's, that's, that's probably it with that. Um, roll an accounting test. If you like, as you do also see some, a couple other notes here and there. Okay. We'll give it a roll. Yeah. Give it your a accounting log. With a 10 or well, 20. If I spend 10 luck, it is a success. Yeah. It's, are you going to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Nice. One of the things you notice, and this kind of gets your eyes, your eyebrows raised a little bit. You can see that Douglas Henslow, the estate, they're not just paying for his own treatment, but also seems to be paying for Edgar Job's. Um, you said 20 on 20. Um, yeah. Does it does seem like like uh like the Henslow estate, whatever funds are going towards Douglas Henslow's treatments, they also seem to be paying for Edgar Jobs. Interesting. Okay. I'll get all that information. Okay. As best I can. All right. Uh, and so at some point later, you might be able to do like a retroactive medicine or pharmacy or someone else can do it at some point. It's fine. Or you can just look it up later. But for now, 
you've kind of pushed your luck and pushed like you hear voices outside here. Maybe you even hear like the voice of Dr. Keaton, like down the hall. Well, hey there, Beth, Bethany, may I we go ahead and we finished up old Douglas Hensel. I think they're going to go ahead and want to, going to want to interview Mr. Mr. Job as well. Where'd you put old Mr. Price? Uh, I hear, and like you kind of overhear, like he's the one apparently who has a very fine relationship with Miss uh, Janet Winston Rogers. So, Let's make sure we treat him with the utmost care, the utmost care. And you hear like, I gave him a piece of pie and he just wasn't very, I was being all sweet on him. I was fluttering my eyelids and such. He didn't seem to care at all. And like you hear this little outside and that's when (laughs) you slip on out and you just kind of wander into the reception desk or such an area and like, oh, Mr. Price. Well, there you are. We were just talking about you. I imagine your ears were burning. Oh, yes. I was about to head up. Oh, well, wonderful. Well, we had a very, uh, very productive, a uh, very productive conversation with Mr. Henslow. I am sure your compatriots will tell you everything about it. Uh, and as I, I'm sure you would, whenever you're ready to debrief Miss, Mrs. Winston Rogers there, you can tell that we have been more than accommodating. Now, how is your arm healing? You feeling all right? Is there anything else we can get you? Maybe a small painkiller, something like that? Uh, now that you mention it, it's kind of aching a bit. And it is. And when you peel back, you notice like it's bruising pretty bad. Well, I'm sure we can take care of that just fine. No problem. Uh, Nurse Bethany, can you go ahead and take Mr. Uh, Mr. Price down and uh, get him get him a little something to make that little ouchie go away? Thank you very much. And um, and go ahead and bring him over onto interview room two. Uh, and I'll bring the rest of his friends over in a moment. And we'll go ahead and we'll get on started with Mr. Job as well. So at that point, Patrick Price gets led away. And we will pick it back up uh, down in the cafeteria where we see Pastor Wood, Marie, Shima, Dr. Dr. Key. So the four of you stands Patrick, who is currently on his, unbeknownst to you all, his little mission upstairs. Uh, but the four of you right now are been eating lunch. Uh, you've been given a sort of your own little private place to sit. Like you're not sitting like amongst other um, other patients and things like that. You've got your own little table and you're sitting there and you're eating. And to be honest, like it's um, it's actually a, a surprisingly, you know, surprisingly good uh, good food that you're getting. Like like this is, you know, despite the fact that this is a sanitarium, right? But you find yourselves kind of sitting around. Maybe you're maybe you're kind of going over. Like everything that you just talked about when it comes to uh, when it comes to, to Douglas Henzo, but you're all sitting around. You're drinking your sweet tea or your water. Uh, very, very good lunch. Now, Pastor Wood, as the conversations continuing, as everyone's talking here and there, kind of questioning what this means. Maybe you all are trying to figure out who the hell Francis Hickering is. You find that your mind, Pastor Wood, and your gaze kind of drifting away a little bit from your companions and up towards a particularly nasty bit of water damage on a nearby wall near the ceiling. Just kind of looking up here and there and the chatter in the cafeteria just starts to fade and fade as you're, as you start to focus more and your eyes start to squint and you watch as a darkened patch suddenly splits forming what looks like a a human-sized mouth with jaundiced lips and these brown, broken teeth. It it seems to move about, forming like inaudible words. 
And just as you shift, maybe to, to stand up, maybe to speak, the mouth shuts and vanishes. Pastor Wood, go ahead and roll sand test for me. Oh, boy. Uh, sanity is 60. Come on, Norse Foundry Dice. Uh, 25. Okay. All right. Keeping it together. Keeping it together. What do you do? What do you do with that? I think I would keep staring. Uh, pull my hat off for a second. Start scratching. What the... Good Lord. You see that? I, I don't even care who's next to me. I would just turn to the person next to me and ask if they saw that. Beverly looks up. Uh, Pastor Wood, that is water damage. And then she goes right back to her food and just keeps eating. <laughs> I could see it's water damage, but there's something. Oh, I, I haven't seen spirits like this since I was south of the border. Oh, I, I doubt it's spirits. I know you're a religious. The spirit. devil is at work. The devil isn't real. Oh, the devil is quite real, I assure you. It's probably, honestly, mold. Uh, I was reading a paper about the negative effects that mold can have upon the human brain, and it can't cause visions. The only thing you need to be reading is the good book. I've read it prior, but I have found uh, research papers to be much more uh, mentally stimulating. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. What, 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 is, what is being observed here? We, we have this water stain. Yes, Marie's trying to cut the tension a little bit. <laughs> so, Marie, if you, if, if Marie, if you look up in the direction of her pastor's eyes gaze, you see that there's this sort of dark section of the wall just underneath the ceiling, peeling paint. There's like crumbling plaster. Um, and it just, it, it certainly looks like water damaged. Um, and you can, like, you can see it's, there's some substance on, maybe it's the plaster mixing with like the water damage, whatever it might be. But, um, but that's what you see when you just sort of look up. It's maybe, I don't know, seven, eight feet from the table where you're sitting. And, and she'll look back to Pastor Wood and, and you, you, you saw something over there? Indeed, I saw the works of the devil. Is there uh, something um, like a chair or something closer to there that I might be able to kind of go over you're, and take a closer look? You're sitting on one right now at the cafeteria. But yeah, yeah uh, you so can drag one yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you drag a chair over. You stand on top, look much closer. Um, I would go with her. I'd give her a hand as she gets up. Sure. You notice Thank you, it, kindly. It, it smells really bad. Like it smells dank. And there's like a stickiness to it as well. And as you're close, Marie, and you're looking at it, you realize like like in the plaster itself, like the stuff that's still still in decent shape here and there, or it's still kind of maintaining its its structure. You can see these symbols that are kind of etched into it here and there. Um, kind of marks, kind of painted or, or etched into it using material. Like the damaged material, almost like a pigment. Uh, do you kind of 
Do you have any like thing like uh, cold or anthropology or anything like that? I no no uh, five okay. and a one. All right, so you you see these symbols, and they're very clearly symbols. Like somebody has etched them in, or they've painted them in using that sort of like sort of water damaged residue, almost as paint. Uh, Miss Miss Oberon, uh, you you always have a, a notebook on you. Might you be able to come take note of this? The second uh, she is called over, she's waiting for it to be appropriate to call for, and she goes over. I imagined yep. her kind of like a golden retriever. She's physically <laughs> vibrating with excitement. She is. <laughs> yeah, is just shaking. Just call me, someone, call me, someone, call me. When she gets up and goes, like her strength is so much, she just accidentally throws the table across the room. Beverly's just holding on for dear life. Huge screech of the table in her chair on the floor as she gets up. Marie will kind of hold her hand down to kind of help Miss Oberon up on the chair to kind of get a closer look. Okay. She takes her hand and as, as she does, she kind of is a little weirdly and there, there's a flicker of discomfort that passes across her face that just doesn't let stay. But there, but I, I feel like Sissy May is definitely like uh, perceptive and intuitive enough to, to have caught it. Sure. Oh, your 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 balance is okay. You're 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 doing just fine here. Just and she'll kind of take your elbow yes. and just kind of yes. make uh, sure you're there. There you go. Got your got your two feet straight. Uh, what, what what am I looking at? I I'm not sure, but you always you always have that notebook, and this seems like something that we might just want to take note of, since uh, uh, Pastor Wood there um, saw something here. It, it does look interesting, does it not? Gee looks up uh, are the yeah. rooms anything like she has seen in her books at uh, muskrog let's figure that out you got an occult or an anthropology role for us here i uh, can give you an occult role that sounds great give it a rip that i would have really um one of the things i i did want to do earlier was also um and i missed taking the note of the name of the cult but if that is when he when Hensel named the cult, was that something that registered? He didn't. didn't he didn't have name, a name the cult. They didn't have yeah. a name. He just mentioned. It's just somebody. The guy. He mentioned the guy's oh, name. Oh, uh, the, the guy's name. Did he say yeah. the guy's name? I feel Echeveria? like he said a name and I missed it. Echevarria. That's right. Okay. Uh, and, it, yeah. Is that someone that registers? No, it wouldn't rec- Or you, none of you would. It would register with. Okay. Uh, okay, doke. Oh shit, I missed. Uh, I missed adding to to that. What's up? Oh, I I made a mistake on my sheet when I was uh, putting it together. Uh, it's not a big deal. I'll okay. fix it later. But for now, my cult is five. And I, oh. <laughs> you're like, no, it's not. I know I've more points than that. It's, it's not supposed <laughs> to be five. It's supposed to be like thirty or forty or some shit. I mean, uh, the sheet that I have for you uh, has it at fifty. Fifty. Thank you. I so obviously have just taken it. a zero off by accident. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
50. Okay, well then, because I, I was going to spread all the luck uh, because I rolled a 30. Okay, 30 is still a success. So, nice. yeah, you, you've, nice. you've definitely recognized some of these. Um, it's it's kind of strange because it's like a mixture of things. Like you're, you don't see like any one particular uh, kind of cultural or um, sort of folkloric tradition, but you can definitely see that there is a, there is a mix of, of different things. Um, the unifying component isn't so much of where they're from because it really just seems like a hodgepodge mix of anyone trying to do anything. What unifies them though is like, these all are symbols uh, from different, different, different groups, different cultures, different magical traditions that you maybe have read about in your times in the Miskatonic Library that are trying to sort of protect from the evil eye or um, kind of thwart mystical scrying or to just sort of generally kind of block vision of something. Um, now, you are skilled enough in the occult to recognize that this doesn't seem like a spell or anything like that specifically, but more just like a sort of an untrained person who just has like a really very vague and passing understanding and just sort of like throws stuff together that they saw. And it's almost like, almost like vague graffiti in that way, but they all are unified under that concept, like that, that kind of protective, or blocking evil eye kind of thing. Like that is like is, the unifying. Is there a sense of where this is in, like are we under Hansel's room or under the other dude's room? You're in the basement. So you wouldn't be under a patient room. You would likely be under like offices or the reception room. Like the cafeteria okay. is in the, is okay. in like the, the bowels of the, uh, of the institution. Okay. Uh, I, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at is if this is a ward, is there something specifically that seems to be being warded? Like, can mm-hmm. is that something I can tell? Uh, there's, I mean, there's, no, I don't think there's any information that you have other than the fact that it, it could be right. the room, right? Like you're in the you're in a public. This is a public room. So this like all okay. of the patients and the. Uh, and the entire institution would have access to here unless they're very specifically like on third floor with treatment, but all of them would have, would have access to this. So it is a public room. Uh, pastor, this is not, this is more science than art. Uh, this, this is a, these are protection symbols from ancient cultures. These are not the work of the devil. If actually these are to prevent the work of the devil. Do you say ancient cultures? Doctor Key, maybe you should you should come take a look. This is I, I, this doesn't seem academic though. This seems like someone who has a passing knowledge. Hmm. Well, it certainly seems like we've just spoken to one person that has somewhat passing knowledge, and we might be about to talk to someone else that also has about that knowledge. I, I am curious though about the, the substance. And so she's gonna kind of oh, with, don't don't uh, and then as you reach with, up she, she <laughs> grabs your hands like don't knock Maria. You never know chair. what these are made of. Don't touch it. Please 
don't. Well, I, uh, I certainly didn't want to disrupt whatever it was, but no, no, we I, just, you know, if, if it's if it's mold, we it, it just, you know, if you're a manicure, really we do our no own joke. manicure. Uh, <laughs> so Marie's just gonna like stick her nose real close to it and see if she can like get a better whiff of what it is, since she has been instructed not to touch. <laughs> Uh, it is dank with whatever it is. It is nasty. It smells really bad. Um, it's, you think it's, I mean, it's, 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 there's no way visibly to tell what it is, uh, other than maybe just being a combination of the plaster and the water damage and whatever like wallpaper might've been on here kind of merging together in some sort of weird gook. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing else you could probably derive just from that. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Key, if you're going to come up here and look at this, I think this chair is, is getting a bit crowded. So I am going to take my leave. Uh, if you would like to join, I will go back. Um, is there really anything else that we could attempt to learn from it? Like maybe the uh, origin so, of the... No, it, it's a mix of things. So like your anthropology probably wouldn't... If, like, if you rolled anthro, you wouldn't really be getting any information okay, that China yeah. hasn't already been able to deduce. At that point, Beverly would just... Shima is very intelligent. I believe she's studied this correctly, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. And then so Marie will kind of get, get off the chair and, and uh, Miss Oberon, are, are you, are, are you done? And she'll kind of offer her hand to help Shima down off the chair. Well, I, I just need a moment. And, and uh, Shima is copying down the rooms. Absolutely. Yeah. And no problem. In, into her, into her you know, if this is, runes as you said i'd be interested to see if they're possibly elsewhere within the building i i would be kind of i would love to see douglas henslow's room you know or actually mr job might also have this if he was part of that cult i don't know if that would be something we would necessarily have access to if we ask that seems to be Are we allowed to sneak because i <laughs> I can, I, if we're allowed to sneak, then I've sometimes gotten into places that I'm not supposed to have been. Not all the time, just some. You can also just ask. I mean, you know, just a, a little, oh, okay. a wink and a nod can go a long way. And I will say, at, at this I, point, you guys I'm, do hear the that. voice of Dr. Keaton as it carries. He's not yet in the cafeteria, but you hear him just down the hallway. Oh, he quickly scrambles. And he's just randomly talking to some other person. Oh, pleasure to see you. Darling, you look just so very lovely today. Did you do something different with your hair? Oh, I think it looks wonderful. What? Well, he is a son of a bitch for not noticing now, isn't he? And then like you hear the doors of the cafeteria kind of open up, and there he is. And you guys have scrambled back to your 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 your, your tables. And he's like, oh, well, I hope you've had a delicious, uh, delicious lunch. Uh, your compatriot, Mr. Price, we've uh, we've already nurse, nurse Bethany has already taken him up. We have uh, a Joe ready for you. If you'd like to return to the interview room, I think uh, Mr. Price might be joining us this time around. Now I have to warn you, uh, a Joe, uh, be very careful now you approach him. He's a uh, he's had a very fragile state in his therapy, so just be very very careful in how you kind of approach this here. If you don't mind, you might say some things that might alarm you, as Mr. Henslow did, but. Just be respectful as always. And after you treat me, Mr. Henslow, I, I don't even think I need to actually provide you this reminder, but it, I'm just doing my due diligence as a doc. Well, absolutely. And we have every faith in the ability of you and your orderlies to address any situation that might come up 
while we're interviewing. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Wynn. As I said, our institution is as, well, it is one of the finest in the entire country. I can tell you that. Dr. Keaton, I, uh, well, I suppose I'm, I'm a sight bit surprised at the state of your institution. As you have said, it's one of the finest in the country, but you have quite a problem with mold over there. It's been there so long that it appears someone has vandalized or mold. marked graffiti on that ceiling. Well, sir, I do not think that is mold, but that is certainly, indeed, that is certainly some water damage. Perhaps that is on one of these, the, the public bathrooms up on the first floor. I'll tell you, we have, uh, I'll bring this to the attention of Dr. Teak, uh, but we have uh, limited funding as to what we can uh, we can do at this institution. If we had uh, potential donors, perhaps, uh, do influx of funds, I am sure we could get all manner of corrections around here, improvements, better care. We can have uh, better better rooms for the various patients, and I am sure it would, it would do wonders on their mental health, indeed. Mm -hmm. Better rooms for the patients. What do the rooms look like now? Would would oh, we wait. be able to see Mr. Henslow's room? See the state, the conditions that he lives in? Well, I, I well, that is a kind of curious there request. Uh, do you think this is a necessary element of the report that you're going to be making, of course, to Mrs. Uh, Janet Winston Rogers? Oh, it is quite necessary as uh, Miss Winston Rogers. She... She feels fondly for her father's friends. You know, she's in a state of grief, and uh, the well-being of, of his friends is quite important to her. Oh, well, sir, then, consider it done. Let's go ahead and commence with this interview, and then immediately afterwards we will see whatever rooms you need to see, and we will be on with our duties now, won't we? I greatly appreciate it. I do hope that there's no water damage in there as well. I certainly hope there isn't. Uh, if y'all wouldn't mind, and he kind of, at this point, leads you out of the cafeteria we come wandering back and eventually um you'll go back to one of the interview rooms you're again uh reunited as the door opens up and you see inside there's patrick freaking price you haven't seen him in ages uh and uh, all of you are there and uh you get no, one moment please uh uh jeremy could you please yeah bring him mr joe and then a couple moments kind of go by as you're all are together and then door opens up and you see uh, a new man uh, kind of come in, sit down, smells like cigarette smoke just wandered in. Uh, very uh, kind of kind of a slender looking man. Uh, you can see that he is uh, he doesn't look to be in the greatest of, of health, you would imagine, or, or at the very least, he, he certainly looks kind of like a, a fairly pathetic figure. Uh, kind of faint stubble uh, left uh, on his face, a little bit on his scalp. He's got some patchy few strands of hair that are kind of barely clinging on or hanging on here and there. Very pasty complexion. Uh, and again, he's just got this uh, this immense, like, just aura uh, of cigarettes as he comes in. You can even see in his hand, his hand's kind of shaking a little bit, and he's got what looks like a cigarette right in between him. And he's like, oh, hey, hey, Doc, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Doc? All right. Uh, uh, yeah, they said uh, he said you got some some folks you want me to you want me to talk to. Uh, is that what it is? Well, Mister Mister Joe Edgar, if you don't mind, here we've got some visitors uh, at the hospital today, and uh, well, they would like to ask you some questions. And I want to stress now that you are no obligation to answer them. If at any point, Mister 
at any point they ask anything that makes you uncomfortable or anything that you would not like to talk about, Edgar, you are you are free to just look at me and I'll I'll cancel this interview right away. You understand? Oh, no, that, that's that's fine. That's fine, Doc. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, it's getting kind of bored anyway. You know, uh, that's fine. It's OK if I smoke. And he kind of looks at all of you. Is, is OK? Feel free. OK. OK, good. All right. Uh, and he's like kind of scratching his forehead a little bit. And he sits down. He's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, I'm going to say Patrick maybe was sitting down because he was the first one in there. He just kind of extends. He's like, he goes to extend his hand to shake your hand, but then he realizes the cigarettes. And, oh, shit, sorry. And he moves it over to the other hand, and he extends his hand out to shake. Hey, how you Give doing? Hey, nice hey, hey, good job. Hey, good job. Hey, good job. How you doing? How's it going? How's everyone doing? Marie uh, Wynn, very nice to meet you. Miss Wynn, nice. nice to meet you, ma'am. Uh, nice to meet you. How you doing? a lot of people in here doc there's a lot of people it's okay it's okay don't don't worry about it at all they're all very friendly here they just want to ask you a few questions uh, if that's all right with you about well about i believe some of your experiences He's, ah okay that's what this is about i figured yeah they don't really yeah okay i guess that makes sense that makes sense and he kind of looks around he's like uh, so uh so what's your guy's deal? So Edgar, what's your relationship with Douglas? <laughs> right to it. I like this guy. You see, he kind of like leans on his elbow a little bit. And what's my relationship with uh, with Douglas, uh, Mr. Henslow? Well, uh, we don't really have much of one, I'll be honest. Um, complicated, to put it in a particular term. Uh, he... Um, well, he tried to kill me. I tried to kill him. Um, water under the bridge. You know? It happens, right? Any particular motives? <laughs> motives? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that's a... Uh, it's kind of comp... Like, a, oh boy, you're just jumping right into the deep end here. Uh, I mean, it all goes back to... Uh, to Los Angeles, what, 24? I think that's what it was. And uh, everything that went down out there, he lost some friends, I lost some friends. And uh, some things happened, and, um, you know, um, Dr. Keaton prefers that I uh, I don't really relive those days because uh, he doesn't want me to, uh, what was it, Doc? Uh, externalize my fears. Uh, he don't really like me talking about Monsters too much, uh, unless unless they're me. But uh, but yeah, that's it's about. Uh, I mean, it, it goes back to that, Mister Price. It's got it's got everything to do with that. I understand his suggestions there. There, that's good advice as well, uh, Mister Job. That's a good biblical name, Job. Uh, are, are you a believer uh, of any Job's sort of just a family name? Would you yourself a believer? Uh, in what? In a higher power. <laughs> well, that's a question right there. Sure. Sure, I like how you say A, not the Folks like you, like you, no offense, Pastor. Folks like you tend to think there's just the one. And my experience is a lot more, you know, some old things out there. They all got all sorts of names, but uh, 
Sure, sure, sure. I believe that there are things of uh, greater power than ourselves. And would you ever have been associated with any of their prophets or messengers? Maybe a <laughs> man named Echeveria? Uh, well, you, you guys are good. Doc, these guys are good. They just get right to it. Well, well they spoke with the Douglas already. And, uh, oh, they spoke with the Dougie first. Okay. No, that's fine. I understand. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know Echeverria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I met him uh, around the time that I was at, at uh, UCLA. I was, uh, I was studying mathematics. I got a mind for it, you know, numbers and things. Very smart. Folks look at me, they don't think that, but... You can trust me on this. Anyhow, uh, George introduced us. Yeah, I think. What was his name? George. What the hell was his name? Was it Avery? No, no, that ain't right there. Ayers? Ayers, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I so strange, bastard. I, uh, I can hear his voice, you know? But why can't I remember, uh, you know, that little You need bit. to think of it in a context. Think of a situation with him. Maybe. Uh, it's all kind of hazy. The whole, the whole time's all kind of hazy. I mean, they got me on nine different pills right now, Doc. They got me on big ones. They got me on small ones, blue ones, red ones, capsules, such. Well, that's that's, that's for your your benefit there, uh, Edgar. Uh, no, I know. I wasn't I wasn't suggesting anything. Otherwise, Doc, you've been nothing but but you, you've, been, you've been very good to me. You've helped me a lot. A lot. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't I wasn't what do they call it casting aspersions. It's not that's not what I was trying to do there. And it's not like that's the first time I had drugs. Like, basically high, 23, 24, that whole year. I was, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, yeah, I knew Echeverria. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he was something, that guy. He was an interesting one. Yeah, what do you want to know? You wouldn't happen to know how someone could get in contact with him, follow him up for a few questions? Well, maybe one of your kind could. Yeah. Because none of us here can. And why is that? Oh, well. <laughs> Got cut in half by a shotgun. Oh, I mean, if you know folks that can live from such a thing, then maybe. But, uh, yeah, yeah, anyhow. No, I don't I, believe I do. Well, I'm saying that, bastards. You've got, you've got some sort of conduit to, uh, to Jesus Christ, right? all of his power and wisdom or whatever it might be. So Anyhow. what is the higher power that you yeah. associated with in the cult? Associated with. Associated with. It's an interesting word there. Associated with. Does one really associate with Golgoroth? I don't think one really associates. <laughs> listen. Listen. Let me just tell you. It was a strange time. 23, 24. There was just all sorts of parties. Echeverria, he would put them together. What was his first name? Rene? Ramon? One of them all ones. Anyhow, he, uh, he was the one, you know. He was the one who was associated, if you understand. Now, he, uh, lots of books, that guy. That's when I, uh, yeah, I think it was George who introduced us, actually. It was 23. Got, a, got brought into his library, Echeverria's library, books everywhere. 
so many books. Never seen so many. Well, I've seen more books, but you know, UCLA's got the library, but but not these kind of books. They were tons of books, spooky books, you know, creepy books. Yeah, you know, Echevarri. He would uh, dig into them. You know, he would uh, get all these ideas for stuff for us to do. You know, sex things. You know, things to say. That sort of stuff. And he uh, he threw some absolutely crazy parties. Like, absolutely good sex, drugs. Like I said, I was basically high from, I don't know, 23 to 24. So, um, memory, you know. But I remember the sex, lots of it. And the drugs. He got some drugs, potent stuff, too. Whew. Better than what the doc is. Now, no, Edgar, now let's not go. I'm just, I'm just making a joke, doc. I'm just making a joke. Now, anyhow, to get to the point. Yeah, Echevarri, he made all sorts of promises to us, you know, he, uh, he actually promised me power. What? All of us, I suppose, maybe, but that was the word, right? That's a weird word to use, isn't it? I don't know. Anyhow, he said, uh, I always re I remember this. Well, maybe I don't. I don't know. But I remember that he said that we'd get whatever we wanted in the new time. When Golgoroth was here. Golgoroth. Now, we didn't call him that. Uh, we called him the Fisher. The Fisher from the outside. I, don't ask me why. I don't know why. But uh, anyhow, I didn't want power. I didn't want any of that. Whatever. Anyhow, like I said, a lot of good those promises did him, uh, given what happened to him. Kind of leans forward again. And as he talks, some of you, you can smell the cigarettes, but you can also smell like this this like battling for the scent of his of his breath mouthwash just sort of the spearmint kind of coming out as well so yeah well, what about this george is he still alive or is he deceased as well oh, i don't really know what happened to george to be honest well uh past it uh I, we, we've tried multiple times to contact mr mr a is and UCLA seems to be a little bit murky about his whereabouts currently. Um, we can touch base with that later if that's all right with you. Stay on task, perhaps. Oh, I appreciate that, Dr. Keaton. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, anyhow, I don't really remember what happened to him. Uh, he wasn't there, you know, the night. You know what I mean? He wasn't there that night, so... Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for him. <laughs> now, 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 Edgar, I'm sorry. You're right, Doc. I, you're right. I shouldn't make light of it. I understand. So, name Winston, meaning of New York. Walter. Walter Winston. Yeah, yeah. He was old uh, Henslow's friend. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Uh, Echeverria kind of knew a little bit at a certain point. People were on to us here and there. And we heard the name. I don't know him well, nothing like that. But um, but we kind of, you know, we knew a few here and there. We um, we knew some names. That was one. Henslow, that's how I tracked him down. You know, sent flowers to Stack's family. But uh, I think I did. Did I send flowers or did I just think I sent flowers? 
don't know. Anyhow, yeah, I know the name. So I, I just have to ask, it, it sounded like when, when we were talking to Douglas that there was quite the event that happened. How, how was it that you were able to escape with your life when Echeverria was not? You see, I'm kind of like get a little kind of bouncy, a little like kind of um, kind of not shivering, but definitely like starting to, to shake. Uh, well... Uh, it's it's all right, Edgar. Now, if they, like I said, if they, you can go ahead. You can answer them questions if you like. And if you don't want to answer them, then, then, then you don't need to. And if at any point you want to stop, you just say so. And I'll just take care. And I, it, it's all right. I, I, yeah, yes, ma'am. I can I can answer that question. So, uh, so like I said, um, Echeverry, right? He got, uh, he basically got blown in half. You ever see what happens to a man? When a shotgun blast gets him up close, that's a that's a terrifying and very bloody sight. But uh, that's what happens. Well, let's hope, let's hope never, right? Anyhow, so Adjivaria he goes and he gets uh, gets blown away right after the summoning, just right after it. <laughs> Freaking guy got shot right down, and. Uh, so anyhow, I uh, I pick up his knife. Edge of he used to have this knife, this big old ugly knife. Well, anyhow, I stab the guy. Yeah. I stack, stab him a couple times, maybe more than a couple, uh, and then uh, that's how I got away. You know, I did it to get away. Understand? I did it to get away. Abs- abs- absolutely. Look, this this was, was someone that you looked up to that was taken too soon. And the, he was he was going to kill me. You understand? He was going to kill yes. me, Amy. Absolutely. Yes. I, it's self, the only way I was going to get away. Self-defense. What did you do with the knife? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. the question you're asking? <sighs> the knife. It's okay. Dear God. Who are these people? What kind of fucking question is that, Doctor? Now, Edgar, calm down. Calm down. She didn't mean nothing by it. Go ahead. You just continue. Just continue in your own way. It's fine. It's fine. I say, I kill a guy, and she just, she, she can see I'm upset about it, Doc, and she just asks about the knife. I'm just saying I, I didn't I didn't want to kill him. All right. I, 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 you know, I see his face every night. I'm so sorry, Job. Oh, yeah? You're so sorry. That's why you want to know about the knife. You want me to go into detail about the stabbing, too? How many times? Where I stabbed him, too? Is that what you want? No, no. No, no. no. We're we're, we're just... It's the the things that that are left behind or sometimes get buried that can bring closure sometimes to families and others but we we only need you to talk about that as much as you and doc here are comfortable indeed as miss wind says uh, we tend to be the analytical sort and sometimes the smallest of detail will just stick out in our brains and we can't help but follow up and ask about it yeah and as 
he says that Beverly looks at Pastor Wood. I have been known to latch on to factual information and be rude. I do apologize. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's just... Dr. Keaton says that I can't undo it. So it's best if I just move on, right? That's what you say, right, Doc? That's that's correct. That's exactly what I went very good here. Very good deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. There you go, right there. That that I sounds apologize. just so very smart of the doctor. Uh, sh- yeah. uh, roll the seventeen under seventy on charm. Okay, all right. Anyhow, uh, I'm sorry. I don't remember what what happened with the knife. I uh, I really don't remember. I. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird night. Um, I got there. I remember Echeverria, he like put some sort of spell on me or something. I don't know. It was weird. This is the night we summoned it, you know. I never felt, uh, really felt more special. But Dr. Keaton, and it looks like Dr. Keaton's about to say something. He's like, Dr. Keaton says I shouldn't dwell on that. Anyhow, I was, uh, that was right before the fishes showed up, or the thing, or whatever. Uh, anyhow, um, <laughs> you see, he just kind of shudders when he mentions uh, it's showing up. No. Oh. Might you be able to describe that for us a bit, as we were not there? He kind of looks over towards you and kind of gives this like kind of wry smile. <sighs> I, uh, I only saw a, a glimpse of it before, uh, before I ran. I, uh, <laughs> everything was crazy. Um, it had these, uh, these long, uh, like, like weird limbs, you know? Not like, not like what we got, you know? Not like me. I'm like, I'm gangly, but that ain't that. It was, they were long. And then it, it didn't have no head, like none. But there were mouths. There were so many mouths. Uh, I couldn't really, uh, I couldn't really make it out. To be honest with you, beyond that, you know, I didn't really try though. I just was, I was screaming, just screaming. Everyone was screaming, you know. And I stabbed that guy. And then I ran the hell out. I got into the fields and I just ran. So yeah. And put that in your your papers or whatever. You could see that Dr. Keaton at this point is sort of staring somewhat angrily at uh, Marie for asking that question. She's just sort of giving you this look like, what the hell is wrong with you? Uh, But he doesn't say anything currently as he's got the promise of funding on the horizon. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure it's very difficult to relive those things, but we appreciate, yeah. we appreciate that very, very much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Sounds like a very traumatic night, and trauma does manifest in, from person to person. Don't, stop. be careful with that. He He does it. He says that. He minimizes it. Don't minimize what happened. Don't say it was trauma. Trauma is when you get in a car accident, right? Trauma is when you go in the war and you you hear the sounds of shells and stuff. 
We summoned a fucking god outside of a fucking barn in Los Angeles. And I ripped the guy, I stabbed him a hundred times. That ain't fucking trauma. And you're like, oh, Egga, Egga, calm down now. She's, again, she's just, she's just was trying to be not, yeah, she was trying. Mr. Joe. is what she was doing. Perhaps I could ask a bit of a simpler question. Uh, What's that, Pastor? If you it's were about, about from Jesus Los Angeles again. and California, how did you find yourself 12 years later here in Savannah, Georgia, at no less the same sanitarium as one of your old adversaries? You know, it, ain't, it ain't unintentional. It ain't divine will or anything like that. If that's what you can try to sell me on, you know, there wasn't No, no, no. I... Bright had a feeling light. it was a much more human reason. I bounced around a couple places like this here and there for a while. Some of them helped, some of them didn't. And uh, eventually, oh, I, they made me realize that I bear responsibility and fault uh, for what happened. And I, uh, I took it upon myself to apologize. Like I said, I, uh, I sent that the, the guy I killed us and his family some flowers anonymously. Don't worry. Uh, I think I did. And then uh, I remembered um, Henslow, uh, Winston, but uh, he he was hard to get to. So I couldn't get them, but I found, I found Henslow easy. He just went home. That's all he did. And I tried to talk to him. I tried, you know, I said, I, I, I'm sorry. Bygones be bygones. You did some things. I said some things, etc., etc. He didn't really like it. So to answer your question, Pastor, I'm here I'm trying to, uh, to make amends for my sins or some shit. Now, we don't need to do the vulgarity in front of ladies here. I'm sure they've heard it before. They probably say it. Look at that one over there. She was chuckling. Points over at Chime. If it does get a little Actually, Mr. Uh, Edgar, Mr. Job. Edgar's um, fine. Edgar's fine. Okay, Mr. Edgar. Uh, I uh, I also have a question, if it's okay. Shoot. Uh, I've heard a lot of things about worshipping higher powers that are not Jesus, no offense, Pastor Wood, uh, but the books rarely talk about why people start. Why did you join up when such horrible things were asked of you later? What well, let's be, made you join up at the start? Let's be pretty clear about it. I was a young, impressionable man, college, and I get uh, invited. Uh, they're like, hey, 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 kid, come with us. Got a school party, you gotta go to Georgie. 
brings me on out, takes me to Echeverria's place. I mean, you got, you got drugs, alcohol, booze, sex, gorgeous women, gorgeous men. <laughs> Come on. I feel like the reason's pretty obvious. You got him nods understandingly. <laughs> the, the. Never really it felt went- special before, you know, so. It's hard not, it's hard to turn that kind of thing down. You got something? So, was was this was this farm close to UCLA? It was in LA. It was outside LA, really, but it was out there. Yeah, I don't remember the addresses are not so good, numbers, dates, that sort of thing. Sorry. Yeah, LA is a large, large place. Uh, it's, it was one of Echeverria's places, I'm sure. He had a lot of money, that guy. Where was money. his library? I was, uh, I was in his house. Uh, he was in L.A. somewhere. I'd very much like to see that. Well, I don't know what happened to it. He's been dead for 12 years, so I imagine something happened to it. I don't know. I didn't do nothing with it. Miss Oberon, uh, would you be so kind to uh, produce your most recent notes? Mr. Job, would would you happen to be able to explain what this might be? Does this have any sort of meaning to you? What's that? Let me see. Pulls it over with his left hand, and you can see he starts to smile as he puts the cigarette. <laughs> yeah, we both do that, Enslow and me. I know it watches us, you know, the thing we summoned. But uh, but maybe uh, it can't see us or see us as well if we put up those marks, you know. Yeah, it's just really, like I said, he's got that library, right? Showed, showed me they had it all up and down, columns, left and right, walls, etc. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's how I learned uh, in that place that's uh, it's called... Uh, the thing with the thousand miles. Yeah. These things, these old things, they got all sorts of names. Fisher, Golgoroth, whatever. Anyhow, yeah, we both do it. I know it. I see sometimes here and there on the walls and such. And uh, I'm like, I didn't do that one. That's how I know. Old Dougie. <laughs> how often you saying, do you have to do them? Uh, you know, they uh, wear down... Folks clean them up, that sort of thing. So as soon as they're gone, only if they're gone. Hey, <laughs> you don't want to want and think about this for a second. What's your name, Miss Oberon? Sh- Shima, Shima Oberon. Shima. And she's at this point super interested in in. Um, she has been very interested, but he uh, leans forward. He's got a cigarette, Matt. Think about this. You're a normal human being, small, and you attract the attention of something older, smarter, wiser, unfathomably more powerful than you. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, 
wouldn't you want some privacy every now and then? Yes. It, uh, and, and, uh, again, for the briefest moment, uh, look passes, flickers across her face at that doctor he probably recognizes. Um, and, uh, she kind of leans back and, uh, yes, uh, is is this uh is this protection just just from uh the fisher or is it something that can be used more broadly hey i uh, i ain't the expert you know but uh, mr henslow no he ain't the expert either <laughs> i think he knows less than i do but he knows enough we're still Who alive would be the we? expert well, they had a guy, but he's dead. We had a guy, but he's dead. So, George, eh, maybe. I don't know where he's at. Never returns my calls. We gotta go to. We we need to go to Mister Edgevera's library. We yeah. need to understand this protection. He had a beautiful spread. That guy. Good tastes. A lot of things. Learned a lot. And he kind of looks over. He kind of like scans the room to the women. He just kind of gives like kind of like this really cruel, creepy, like like kind of uh, kind of almost lecherous grin. But then he catches himself. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, I believe that's about all the questions I have. Anyone else? Unless you can think of something else you think might be important for us. I mean, what are you guys doing? We're just trying to fill in uh, holes in the past about Mr. Winston's history. Well, good luck with that. Do you know of Francis Hakering? Doesn't ring a bell. You think you'll get out of here someday? Well, uh, Mr. Price, uh, let's not talk about prognosis and such. It's uh, really not about making him healthier is what we're trying to do uh, little by little. Yeah, that's a no. At least not uh, the way he wants me to get out of here. Not Edgar. I'm Are just you a ward of kidding. the state then? Yeah, since uh, Dougie and I had that running, we're both here. Violent danger to the public and to ourselves. But really, only to each other. I got no intention to hurt no one. And uh, I don't think he does either. Not that anyone listens to it. No, Edgar, now's not the time to litigate your treatment or your punishment. You're right, Doc. I apologize. I apologize. All right. I think uh, that's uh, not enough. I'm getting a little low on this one. I got more back in my room. It's been a pleasure. Nice to meet all of you, Mr. Price, Pastor, ladies. 
He gets up, kind of does this little bow. You see a bit of the ash kind of fall off his uh, cigarette, and he walks on out. Well, I did not realize some of your questions would be so pointed. It's one thing to uh, to engage him in conversations. Another thing to suggest some of the things that he has seen and described are real. Now, I am not going to go ahead and presume that all of you think that anything that this man or Mr. Hensler has said is anything more than their way of externalizing some terrible violence that they perceive this uh, creature with no head and all these miles. Clearly, it's a metaphor. I'm not one for Mr. Freud, but at the same time, I imagine there's some meaning to it. However, have you gotten all you need from them two gentlemen? Uh, yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. I imagine you said you wanted to see some rooms. I imagine I can go ahead and do that for you right now, Mr. Wood. I would greatly appreciate that. And so we'll say that you guys spend the rest of your time here, maybe the next hour, kind of continuing the tour that was interrupted by the attack on Patrick. And you kind of go, you visit some specific rooms. And one thing you do notice, since you were looking for it, is that in essentially all of the public spaces, so like entertainment room, common room, etc., you do find those similar, uh, those similar little kind of glyphs and runes. Uh, you peek in to like Henslow's room, same thing. Job's room, same thing. Some of the hallways and such that kind of connect those places. Same thing. It's not every single room. Is there some other private places, other patient rooms, things like that that don't have them? But definitely it's kind of reinforcing what you've just learned. Like the two of them are doing it and they're doing it wherever they have access, basically. So I was making an additional note of that. And sure. uh, with the intention of uh, making these, basically she, she wants to have a reference so she can draw the draw it uh for them when they get back to the hotel yeah no problem you're, you're you, you easily can document all of what you're seeing that's not an issue now we'll say like we're maybe in his office or maybe we're in his uh outside by the sort of reception that now it's been a pleasure please give my kind regards to mrs winston rogers here and i'll be looking forward to hearing from her or her people uh, when it comes to potential business arrangements we might be able to have. And if there's any further inquiries you might have with uh, Mr. Henslow, Mr. Job, or anything else about Joy Grove, I can tell you I am more than happy to oblige. You all have been an absolute pleasure. Mr. Price, keep an eye on that little cut of yours. If it festers and such, you just go ahead and give us a call and we'll take care of it, will you? Just uh, clean it up tonight before you go to sleep. And once again in the morning, beat that bandage process for a day or two, and I'm sure it'll heal up just fine. Thank you for your advice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. And he kind of goes around, kind of shakes everyone's hand, stuff like that, and bids you all adieu. And so with that, you guys have literally just spent almost the whole day between the tours and the interviews, etc. at Joy Grove, that by the time you get out, it's like, it's it's dark <laughs> like it's nighttime um or at least close enough to it uh they they make a call they get you a car of course uh and you kind of hop back in and sort of begin winding your way back um so it is nighttime so what would your next plan of action be 
What's the what are we thinking? I believe in the morning we should try to visit Mrs. Henslow again. Okay. All right. All right. Any other ideas? Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that we would do this late at night. Sure. Arsham is just gonna make the runes in everybody's room, and sure. uh, if anyone protests, we like just, just, just in case. <laughs> well, I would prefer not to have the devil's handwriting in the boiler room next to my cot. I would also prefer I'm not sorry, to. Uh... Pastor, would I? I must insist. Well, I must insist that you don't. We would prefer that you not uh, wake up in the middle of the night uh, with a uh, many-fingered, no-mouse creature uh, trying to eat you. So, you really bought into all of that. I, I believe yes. that when one individual has a story, that is one thing. But when multiple individuals share the same story, there is something there something cultural something seen something experienced uh not too unlike your book and the stories therein there are shared stories that then have shared meanings and it doesn't necessarily mean that they are untrue just because a non-believer calls them such um, Drama has said yes without caveat or anything. <laughs> yes. Divine that? Yes. <laughs> yes, Dr. K. I, I just can't wait till we do return home so I can access the library at the university. There's so many different things that I need to study further. Well, I'm. we definitely have so much more information after these interviews than we had before and it's this is just very it's just so i wonder the course of treatment that's being used with the two of them very very interesting mr price you uh disappeared for a bit well they were treating me no but oh. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I happened to snoop away into his office, and boy, would you know. I'll share the things I found. Oh, so yeah, so paying for the, his treatment. Yeah, is, uh, does anyone have medicine or pharmacy too? Because you can roll that now. Uh, as well. I have medicine. Bit. Yeah, give it a rip. I got one in medicine. First day. <laughs> Yeah, first aid's like for the act of applying it. Medicine's more like the knowledge, and that's like sort of like being able to recognize like what these treat, like what these like you know pharma pharmacological things do and whatnot. Don't have pharmacy. I waffled with being a doctor. Medicine's doctor. Med- you, you can roll medicine. What do you have fine. in medicine? A twenty-one. That's better than one. Yeah, serious. And we do have boosts if we need them. You don't need them. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thirteen. So <laughs> basically. Um, so basically what you can tell is that there are all of the treatments that they're giving both Douglas Henslow and Edgar Joe very, very clearly are large doses that are meant to basically subdue the patient, uh, cause grogginess, uh, generally kind of make them more pliant, uh, and certainly is probably contributing to maybe some of the fuzziness when it comes to their memory, 
Um, and when you look at or you kind of confer with Patrick about the uh, confrontational therapy, like you can see that they were kind of screwing around with it. They were messing with it. They were like, let's see what happens if we just don't do this. Confrontational therapy itself, and I'll just roll over your medicine, and coupled with Patrick uh, Patrick's role, not uh, not well thought of. Uh, it is a type of thing that could have like like has some ethical questions behind it, uh, but more so the fact that they were actually manipulating the dosages uh, to try to generate a response. Uh, and then it eventually going into like this violent response. It definitely seems like they were, they were definitely coloring outside the lines. They were really messing around with some ethical gray area. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, yeah, I would say probably was, that's probably all you would have from that. Well, Dr. K, that's just, they're just toying with these men. It is an ethical dilemma. I do agree. Um, and and to write a book. Well, yes. Just I, I do hope the university research that you do takes much better care of the humans that are involved. Well, I study anthropology, so uh, vastly different. Oh, yes. Well, I would, I would say so. Uh, so I don't we, know we might be a little too concerned about a man who wasted his life away and participated in an event that led to many, many deaths. Well, that is quite a bit of judgment there, Pastor Boyd. I thought you were a lot more all for forgiveness and understanding. Oh, no, God is all in favor of judgment. Is the uh, Santorum like walking distance from the hotel? Uh, yeah, sorta. Like you could potentially get there. Um, it's like a it's like a ten minute car ride. So, what would that be? Probably like a forty five like minute that, walk, like something like that. Okay, okay. Um, if there's a drugstore nearby the hotel, uh. Shira was like really messed with when when uh, Keaton said that they hadn't had visitors in like eight years, and like that really bothered her. So she's gonna try and uh, find find a drugstore on the way there and buy two copies of her favorite dime novel, which is uh, about a Texas stranger that she will tell Pastor about at some point. Uh, called Wrangle Up Some Love. <laughs> He's going to buy two copies it. of that and walk that over to the center and uh, drop it off at the front desk and say, this is for Douglas Henslow and for Edgar Job. Um, okay. Maybe it's, it's not the same as visitors, but yeah. just something new to do. Yeah, I mean, I would say you could certainly do that. Uh, and if you do it at the end of the night, like if you do it like uh, in the evening, like it's very, it's much closer. Much yeah, down, I'd love yeah. to do it privately because I am quite embarrassed by it. Yeah, sure. Can, and you could drop it off at the front desk like Bethany May. There's Bethany or one of the other nurses will grab it. And like, oh, aren't you so sweet? Thank you so much. So very kind. It's so very thoughtful. And uh, Have you read Bangalore Some Love? It's fantastic. 
Well, I'm going to this evening now with that kind of recommendation. Pulls out her worn car, very worn coffee, and then gives it to her. Uh, I've read it so many times. Well, this is so very kind of you. I just, I just don't know what to say other than thank you very much. I hope you like it. Oh, I'm sure I will. Now, thank you very much. You have a wonderful night. Thank you, too. Bye now. <laughs> I like to see, like, it's this awkward, like, <laughs> and eventually you leave. Okay. Um, so let's, so you said the, in the in the morning, like, your goal was to go out to to the Henslow estate, right? Now that you have, yeah. like, the note. And all that kind yes, of stuff. yes. Okay. So, uh, so we'll say then... Night passes, you spend some time getting dinner, drinks, whatever it might be, commiserating, going over your notes, things like that. Uh, morning as well comes, breakfast, uh, cleaning up. Service has been impeccable at this hotel. No issues whatsoever. Um, and do you, hire, do you hire a car again to drive you out there? Is that the plan? Yes, we're certainly not walking uh, <laughs> that far, hiring a car. Uh, and so, yeah, so we'll say you, you hire the car, um, same driver that came to you before. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more than happy to take y'all out to that. Be, be just fine. Just fine. Absolutely. It's just such a wonderful, such a wonderful country drive. Um, the day is a little bit more overcast. Um, as you're, as you're driving out, you can definitely tell that like there's, there's going to be a, probably a storm on the horizon. Um, you probably even get maybe a little bit of a late start because maybe the morning you wake up to some storms here and there. There's kind of wetness everywhere. Uh, getting the getting the the car out is a little bit more more difficult, and so maybe you get a little bit later start in the day than you, you really want to. And you start traveling across these country roads and things. Um, kind of see again the same sort of images we've seen before: the hanging moss and the trees that kind of gnarl over here and there. The swamps and greenery that start to almost kind of strangle the road in some places here and there uh you can see that along the side of the roads you know dogs or various you know various other kind of wild animals and such kind of kind of peek out from time to time eventually uh asphalt kind of turns to to clay and uh and sort of the drive itself is is one where it has that sort of sort of sticky post rain feel to it where the humidity is just sort of penetrating into the car and again all of you are very tightly uh put into here like you have put the max amount of people you can uh in this particular car as you're driving around now you've so you've been so the the drive itself is like a good two hours but with the conditions of the roads and the rains kind of adding a little bit more time onto it and the whole the whole way there your driver's kind of apologizing and, and apologizing and apologizing at a certain point um <clears throat> marie um there's this sort of monotony sometimes to the road it's bumping moving around here and there but we'll say you're kind of looking out on the at the swamps and the wilds uh, along the country road, you can you can kind of see at one point in this uh, you know relatively kind of gray background in between these small little slits in the moss and such. What looks like a deer bounding, bounding through the shrubbery. You can see it kind of 
getting near every now and then the, the waterfront itself, but it's moving in a way that is quite fast. Like you're trying to track it and you're unable to get quite like a perfectly clear view, but it's going fast, faster than the car at times. Like it's chasing something or like it's being chased. And finally, you can see that there's like this small gap that opens up in that hanging moss and, and, and you see that this deer, after having get ahead of you for a bit, has come to a stop. And it's facing the road as the car passes. And you're right there on the window and you're looking out. And as you pass, you realize the deer has no head. None at all. Just a, a flattened stump, barely protruding from their body, ending just a just a, an inch or so above its shoulders. You let out a scream. Anyone would, right? But something's odd about that scream. You hear a voice, your voice, but it's wheezing out words in a language that you you can't understand. Except you realize it's not coming from your own mouth. Your shirt starts to shift right around your belly as if it's kind of being pushed on from within. It starts to dampen and dampen more and more and you start to kind of tear away at the shirt revealing this wide mouth, tongue pro probing this cut across your stomach like a gash oozing pus and blood. It's yelling out alien words in your own voice. It's every time you try to call for help, your own mouth begins to shrink away and shrink away to nothing, closing around your own tongue, swallowing your teeth with the flesh until you can't breathe, can't exhale. You start to suffocate until you awaken. You're in the car, still. Apparently you dozed off at some point, maybe. You can see that the car has come to a stop and you can feel it kind of shaking here and there. You look outside and you can see the driver is changing a tire. Apparently it was some kind of blowout. It's delayed your travel to the Henslow estate. But you don't really have any recollection exactly of having stopped. You can see that everyone's around, either in the car with you or some maybe have gotten out. And for a brief moment, you reach down and you touch your stomach. You don't feel a mouth, but you feel this absurd dampness. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> oh, boy. I know I said two minutes last time, but whatever we do, let's do two minutes this time. I, I would totally play more. I would totally play more. There's things I want to do, but like the Henslow thing is like a whole thing. It's like we play for 10 more minutes. Now we play, I'm going to play for 45. Play for 45, I'm going to play for like two hours. So it's like, wait, what's the say. problem? <laughs> right? <laughs> point, but, uh, but we're going to end there. Oh, we're gonna gonna that was so good. Super productive oh. i think we got a lot done yeah that was, that was a great was session done. great session yeah, that was a lot so of fun guys. that was so much fun yeah i love that patrick snuck off and fucking me too yeah i love that patrick is becoming this our is so sneaky good. sneak yeah, this is what <laughs> i said <laughs> <for> <laughs> <me>. session too <laughs> nice nice yeah awesome. so cool 
yeah, it was great. That was great. We had uh, two really long, interesting conversations. Hopefully, you're kind of starting to get um, you getting some stuff. You getting some, mm-hmm. getting some info. Oh yeah, some oh yes. Places two really full pages of notes. Guys, I, I can't begin to tell you how much I, I love this campaign. Like I've read it multiple times. You remember how when uh, this is for those of you who played in it, this is for Long and Ashley and, and, and Melissa. Like remember when we were doing Delta Green and Possible Landscapes and how I just couldn't stop. Like, like this is just so good. Like this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Good. I'm very much feeling the same way. It's a different, different vibe. Like it's totally a different vibe. But um, but I'm getting that same feel like where I'm just like, man, I just really like That's this campaign. That's great, man. So I wish uh, that's feeling you uh, can get as GM. Yeah, it's just like, man, this is good. So like, (laughs) hopefully you're enjoying it. Hopefully you're having fun. It's been amazing. Yeah. And you guys look amazing. I love how everyone's getting into it. Like the voices. (laughs) Like this is guys. I'm I'm having so much fun. So I think uh, I think this is this is going great. Which makes this kind of sad to say that we are off next week. Uh, and we won't be back for two weeks next week is like christmas weekend uh so we're gonna be off uh friday saturday i'm going out of town monday uh so this dude was born or i think yeah (laughs) guy was born a couple thousand years ago we all suffer for it so uh Well, yeah, we're going to be, so we're going to be, we can still got games next week, but we're, we're off next week. So we'll be back in two weeks with more, uh, Call of Cthulhu. So I'm very excited too, because we get to play this every week. That's like what I'm really, really excited about. Like yeah. I love Call of Cthulhu. I love those big, long campaigns, but I feel like it's like, I, I want to play it every week because it's just so, there's so much, some, so much rich stuff to get into it. Uh, all right. Why don't we go do ahead to do some, some, some plugs and stuff. Uh, we got raided earlier. Melissa, did, did you see who it was? I was in character and it was really hard to break. Uh, so uh, Valdriant. thank you so much for the raid. I apologize for not calling out sooner. Uh, make sure everyone, if you haven't already go follow them, uh, great stuff over there. Uh, let's do some, let's do some shout outs for us. What we're doing. Uh, we'll start with my trade March, my trade. Where can we find you on the internet? I am Mighty Plays Games on YouTube if you want to watch uh, system agnostic stuff about uh, tabletops. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, link in the script if you're watching this later on YouTube or something like that. Just check the show notes and stuff. You'll see everything down there. Uh, it'll have uh, links to basically everything. Uh, let's see. What else we got? So the next game after tonight is going to be Monday. We're back to playing Fragged Empire. Mitra, I get to see you on Monday. Uh, so uh, Mitra, myself, uh, Melissa, we're all playing some Fragged Empire, second edition, space sci-fi game, the vein of Farscape, my like favorite sci-fi show of all time. freaking loving Fragged Empire Zany so fun. Much. I love it. I, I, I really love that group. It's so much fun. Uh, Tuesday, Steven. What do we got going on? Tuesday, we're playing more Marvel, uh, specifically our own little blend of X-Men. And uh, we have some giveaways right now on the Adventures in Lollygagging YouTube channel. Uh, You can go, you can watch the video, you can leave a comment and be entered for a chance to win a giveaway. And show up live on Tuesday and you'll have a chance to win a giveaway there. We're giving away uh, digital codes for the core rulebook on Demiplane. Dude, you're getting so much crisper with that, like the first time. It just takes like five tries. Like the first time we did it, it was just like the square root of the hypotenuse of six. (laughs) (laughs) Hieroglyphics from Egypt. uh, Something uh, on. I think you have to put it on Vine. Is that where it goes? That was great. That was perfect. You nailed it. Um, We get a Vine channel. (laughs) Rip Vine. (laughs) But everyone pour one out. Uh, And then what else do we have next week? Uh, We're on schedule to do Werewolf next week as well. So next Thursday. 
uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, where we're raiding a, a wizard tower, basically, uh, but in modern day. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday next week, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Monday, excuse me, we're, we're off uh, for the holidays. So uh, so come hang out with us on Monday. Come hang out with us on Tuesday. Come hang out with us on Thursday. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, thanks, everyone. Hung out and watched. We really do appreciate it. Thanks again to Norse Foundry for uh, for funding that giveaway. Uh, and congratulations to all to Twitch. Uh, we're going to go ahead and raid Lost Caravan RPG, our buddies over there. Uh, they're playing uh, the kind of game that it's on my list. It's on my list. I think you might like it long. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you.